Hello everyone and welcome to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. Our mission is simple, to discuss the video games we are playing, to discuss all issues surrounding gaming, and to cultivate a community of like-minded people who want to discuss gaming together. One of the most compelling aspects of any video game is the characters, whether it is the silent protagonist, the evil antagonist, the incredibly endearing foil character, and so on. Even if the character is a simple one, they must be written well. If they are bland or there is no character development, how can video game fans find them compelling, insightful, or even fun? As games expand their character roster, it becomes more and more difficult to set characters apart while also making them riveting. So today, we are asking the question, which game has the most interesting roster of characters? After that, we will be joining the gaming world in talking about the highly anticipated God of War Ragnarok, along with other games we played, such as This Way Madness Lies, Haiku the Robot, Bug Snacks, and Dome Keeper. It's looking like it will be an incredibly and absolutely jam-packed show. So before we get into the topic, let me introduce you to the voices that you'll be hearing today. First, my name is Shay, and I will be your host for today's episode. Joining me in this week's discussion is a fellow dude who, like me, weeps when a canid passes away in art and media. The difference between him and John Wick Unlike John, who will spend a decade seeking revenge on those who have wronged him and his loving pooch, this fellow dude will smoke and drink to dull the pain until his brain can no longer remember the traumatic experience. Barely coherent, but here nonetheless, is the exquisite Rich Meister. Rich, how you holding up? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into this later, but the new record for me crying in a video game is 24 minutes. <laughs> same, same, and same. Yeah, I'm excited to get to that later, but yeah. you sound more coherent than I thought you would today. I don't know. Um, it's probably the drugs. Uh, oh, I'm fine. I was supposed to be, I was supposed to not be coherent today. I was I was hoping you'd play along and be like, eh, oh no, I thought you thought something happened. I'm okay. No, no, I know you're okay. I was I was uh, building I up a fictitious... cut my fingy cut my fingy open. Oh shit! You better get to Weenie Hut Juniors. I Weenie Hut General. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. Weenie Hut General. <laughs> Uh, th that's gonna play well on audio. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> Josh is saluted from his wiener. That's yeah, it's correct. Uh, it's been a day, you know. It's been a day. Yeah. What about a week? Has it been a week? What a week, Amira. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been a it's been a good week. I mean, lemon. It's Wednesday. <laughs> considering. What has happened politically and non-politically? Well, what happened? Um, Bolsonaro was not re-instituted uh, into, into Brazil. Did you uh -huh. know that? 
it's you know it's fun to put you in perspective a real thought many americans had this week was i can't believe dr oz didn't win well with a name like that i mean i'm just happy uh that fetterman is the the first uh member of congress to adopt the shorts and a hoodie look god i hope he gets I some formal that. shorts and a hoodie to wear on yeah the job. no be just delightful just delightful. He's the kind of man um, you could buy a 40 from. It's true. Like, he, uh, he pulls one out of his sweatshirt pocket. He's like, hey, you want one? Does anyone want a Does anyone want a Colt 45? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't bring a gun into here, John. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. I'm talking the about beer. that little, the little bottle with the Billy D on it. <laughs> Is Billy D. Williams still on the Colt 45? Dude, I don't know. I don't think so, but it's been... But here's the thing. I feel like the last time I drank a Colt 45, he was, and that was maybe like five or six years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's was, yeah, it's been forever since I've seen one intentionally. Which even five or six years ago, the, idea, the fact that he was still on the Colt 45 is insane. Yeah. That, wouldn't that be kind of like, not, not to shame Billy D. Williams, but like if he's taken off the can, I'm sure he's happy. Because I don't think he wants his legacy to be. Oh, I, if I was Billy D. Williams, I would that want that to be my only legacy. Right? That and and being the, I don't know the fucking mayor of Bespin or whatever you want to call Lando Calrissian. That's fair. That's Lando Calrissian. He runs Cloud City. I'd also be leaning into being Two Face a lot more. He, I mean, he never like got to properly be Two Face, mm-hmm. but he was Harvey Dent. Yeah. I, I believe you, because I don't know what you're talking about at this point. The ref- Billy, like, no, Billy the D. Williams over my head. played Harvey Dent hmm. in Batman. Oh, the animated series? No, the, the film. Yeah, oh. but, but he wasn't Two-Face. He was replaced with time. Tommy Lee Jones before he became Two-Face. Yeah. Oh, okay. I so Billy D. Williams, movie at all. by all rights, should have been Two-Face. And he would have been an awesome Two-Face, because he would have been right. flipping that coin. He'd been like, let's leave it up to chance, baby. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that the directors were the two faces. True. Yes. That's my final thought on the matter. Of course, then again. Oh, no. Never mind. It... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, say, save it. For, save it. What for I'm later. saying is, Bad Donald things. Glover should be two faces. <laughs> well, or childish Gambino. One of them could pull it off. Yeah, those guys look so similar. They do. Have you ever seen well, them Rich, in the I'm same place? Here. Yes. You have? Yeah. Can't yeah. be the same guy then. Mm-hmm. Clearly not. <laughs> but Rich, I'm glad you're here. Uh, before we get any further into uh, tangents and hullabaloo, let me introduce the next person joining the show. Um, I'm also joined by a person who has quite the different approach to trauma involving canines. Whenever they see a canine die I'm in movies on the video side. What's that? I said I'm, I'm more on the supply side of that transaction. <laughs> Whenever they see a canine die in movies or video games, they go to the Humane Society or shelters to adopt a dog. Then... They train the dogs to leave brown bags filled with fecal matter on Will Smith's doorstep. Why, you ask? Because his character didn't try hard enough to save Samantha, the adorable German Shepherd, in I Am Legend. Mm. 
please welcome to the show Josh Fowler. Josh, how you doing? Pretty pretty good. Pretty uh pretty good at this point. I've uh Yeah. How many dogs have you trained at this point? Um Eight. It's, I mean, it's been Eight? fifteen years. Yeah, it, it happens less often than than it used to, so it's it's kind of yeah. slowed down. Um, but I, I think and I someone think recently eight. explained to him that movies are not real, which is really had him dial back. Mm-hmm. A yeah, bit, it's... a bit, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Which is also what you could call what's happening right now. It's true. A bit. It's true. Which is also what's know. happening right now. Seems like a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Bitception. <laughs> no, Are but we like, in a bit right now? Is the bit I, in the room with you? Jesus <laughs> wept! <laughs> <laughs> so as I, like, Riches was pretty easy to write for me the intro this week. And then I was thinking, of, like, how do I get Josh in, involved in this uh, whole, like, canine crying... Mm-hmm bit stuff and then i was like i was sitting uh in in watching my students play handball and i was like how the fuck do i work josh into this and i was like what other canine died in cinema or video games that really bothered me and immediately went to i am legend and i was like you know what fuck will smith for letting his dog die in that movie and i knew that josh you know what at the time i bet josh you were a little bit pissed off too when you saw that. And so, and so. He sad. kills that dog. He doesn't just let it die. He kills it. Yeah, exactly. He breaks its neck in a bathtub. Mm. Yep. And it's so, a good like, movie. It is a good movie, yeah. And then I was like, initially, Josh, I was going to go with the route where, like, one time you got caught and Will Smith slapped you. And then I figured, like, you know what? That's, that's like, so six months ago. And mm-hmm. it doesn't, like, it doesn't have as good of an ending as I Not wanted the it to. Yeah. Yeah. But it still works, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Bit's a little tired. A little tired. Oh, that's why I didn't make I mean, it. It ties back in with Josh. I Am Legend, the whole living long enough to become the monster. You know, Elon was thing. right. Jokes are funnier when you explain them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm glad you're taking advice from him. Yeah, no, that guy clearly knows what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> But Josh, how's your week been? Um, fucking exhausting. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, yeah. I've it, it's it's been a long, long week. Um, I mean, it's it's clearly because you were waiting for God of War Ragnarok. There's no other possible reason. He's been why. worried about Atreus all this time. This whole time. <laughs> this whole time. Really? I, I was, I've been more worried about Mimir, to be honest with you, but yeah. He's been sitting there waxing I finally get to see where, where you know, where, where he's been this whole time, and his, his voice has dropped, and he's... Mm-hmm. You've been there sharpening your he's blades of chaos, being like, and it, the boy's still not going ready. through some things. Brock is the only one who has a valid uh, reaction to seeing new Atreus for the first time. Yeah. That's true. Right? Right? It's just a phase... Kratos, it's mm-hmm. just a face, Dad. Yeah, we all we've all been there. <sighs> I, mean, we've I, I, I understand like... that he's trying to be a more accepting dad after the events of the first game and everything, but still, 
letting your kid have a faux hawk like that. There's ways that are appropriate to express yourself, and then there are faux hawks. There are unhealthy expressions of the phase he's going through, and he's clearly in the middle of one right now. Yeah. Yeah. Have the courage to have a mohawk or don't. Exactly. Exactly. Look, look, I can can empathize with the faux hawk, because when I was a teenager, I went through that phase, and then I got an actual mohawk, and then I decided never to do that again. Mm Mm-hmm. I never did that. I I have too much respect for myself. Mm. Well, that's part of your problem. That's what my therapist says, but I haven't listened to her. Why would I listen to you? <laughs> Elon or die. He's the only one I listen to. We're going to Mars, baby. <laughs> well, Josh, uh, despite the things that are happening in your personal life, which we won't air out on the show, I am truly glad you are here. And I, I truly hope you are doing better. Yeah, yeah, it's been, yeah, better the last few days. Got, starting to address a bunch of different issues that had been cropping up for the Mm -hmm. last while now. If you had played Harvestella this week, I would have made a joke about crops, but Mm -hmm. this doesn't work. God, I wish I had time to play Harvestella this week. Right? Yeah, I don't. That one snuck up on me. By the end of the year, at this rate, that one snuck up on me, baby. I've heard really good things about it, so we're gonna have to get around to it at some point. Yeah, we will. It's gonna be hard to find time for that, but yeah, we will. We are a week away from Pokemon, gentlemen. There are too many games. Mm -hmm. I know. Week away from Pokemon, and I have yet to get around to Bayonetta three or Mario Rabbids. I've yet to get around to Mario Rabbids. Bayonetta three, I will probably not get to this year. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like, I video I games. I haven't had time to get around to Kingdom Hearts two yet. Maybe someday. Someday. Yeah, I'll just skip it. Yeah. No, I I wanted to tell you guys a really quick funny story before we go in because I I. All right, but it better be say, funny this time. I'm I'm trying. <laughs> I hopefully hopefully this one does it. Actually, it's not. I shouldn't say funny. It's uh lightly humorous. It's Get your story wow, straight. Wow, already hedging bets on this one. <laughs> this guy's already fucking bets. he's already walking it back. Oh my god, I have no hope for this story. <laughs> uh, I got him with you guys. You guys are brutal. You guys are a tough crowd. Tough audience, you know? We um, know what we like. I don't blame you. <laughs> but no, uh, so I went to I went to um after after work yesterday. I was still at my school working and I went into the uh basketball area and the girls were practicing and i just hung out for a little bit and gave them a little bit of advice and um the like why don't you smile more you're so pretty (laughs) when you smile (laughs) oh man why why i do i do have a thank you you remind (laughs) me of another slightly amusing story that will make up for this story but um we'll be the judge of that Trust me, you'll enjoy it. Uh, but anyway, so the the assistant coach, he's the assistant coach guy. He leaves. The The main guy isn't there. I think he's had COVID all week. And they come up to me and they're like, how do you play defense in Japanese? And I was like, what? And, and they're like, our coach never makes us do defensive drills. Like, there's no defensive drills we ever do. And like the drills he makes us do... Are useless. It's unnecessary if the uh, the team you're playing against is really bad at shooting, but yeah, yeah, but like 
that would just brazenly came up to me and said, the drills he make us, makes us run are not useful at all. Huh. <laughs> and I was like, God damn. And uh, I was like, Look, all right. he's a big piece of shit, so we're going to need you to fix this. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of what happened. They're like, we don't know what we're doing. And I was like, all right. So I was like, I stayed until 8 p.m. last night, which their, their club got done at 6, just teaching them how to play uh, pick and roll defense, which okay. is basketball term but like I, I, like they it took them forever to understand it and i was like yo i learned this in junior high school how do you guys not know how to do this and like i felt so bad for them but like mm. a- afterwards like it took them like a good 45 minutes to get it and we just kept running through it over and over and over again and finally they got it and they spent like a half an hour like excitedly talking and like oh we're we gonna use this for uh the game in a few days and like stuff like that and finally we win a game (laughs) yeah i was i was like god damn this is it's kind of sad that like they're this excited about learning something i learned in junior high school but yeah um, not everybody knows how to do everything i don't either i certainly defense is just one thing yeah like i'm still hoping i learn how to tell a funny story someday Uh, i don't i don't your hopes don't look good (laughs) outcome is yeah yeah this this was you know, lightly heartwarming. Zero and, out of ten. Which I mean, right, right. Yeah. Like, I didn't sign up for lightly heartwarming. He said this was a funny story leading into. The fuck it. is this? An after-school special? Well, good news is there is a funny um, story I can end on, so we can actually. Talk you say that every week, and we've yet to hear one. But <laughs> this one you guys will like. I promise. This, like, Josh reminded me of it. So I'm walking around my classroom yesterday, and there's this girl in one of the classes. She has a ton of stickers on her tablet case. And one of the stickers said, get in. We're going to destroy the patriarchy. That was literally what the sticker said. And I was like, I... In Japanese or... In, in, in English. And I was like, <laughs> I love that sticker. And she's like, thank you. And like this <laughs> shit-eating grin about it. And I was like, yes, I love you. Like, it's a good attitude. Yep, exactly. See, I knew it. I knew I could get a funny story. Mm-hmm. I said I liked it. I didn't say it was funny. Josh laughed and that's all that fucking approval i, I said i just texted him i said uh, she's laughing at my text oh okay so he's, he's looking a little down <laughs> said, we, we, we gotta give him something here yeah well i appreciate that <laughs> go, oh, what did the, what did the text say i'll read it to him it says shay fucking sucks <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of not sucking um what that what that about nut sucking <laughs> boom <laughs> Roasted! <laughs> Nuts roasted in your mouth. Um, no, but uh, let's talk about the actual video games and topic this week. So, sure. Uh, as I said, um, this topic is simply like, what is one of our favorite or most interesting, most interesting is the way I worded it, uh, cast of characters in a video game. And like for me, like just a preamble, just I'm going to give you guys like a minute or two to think about it in case you haven't thought about it yet. I was trying to think about it um, the past few days and I wanted to come up with an answer that like is out of my normal purview. Cause usually I would say something like, Oh, final fantasy 10 is up there for me as one of my favorite casts. But I talk about yeah. that game all the time. And I'm sure you guys who listen to us are tired. You guys here, my co-hosts are probably tired of hearing me talk about that game. So I was trying to think of, you know, something a little bit outside of the box from for me, something that I don't normally talk about. So um, not to say you guys have to do that, but 
I kind um, of did. Like, I had two in mind, and the backup is something that you would expect from me. I don't okay. think the main pick is something you wouldn't expect from me, but it, it might not be the first thing that would come to your mind. Okay, well, what okay. was your first pick, Rich? Uh, Mass Effect 2 is, like, a big one of those games for me. Like, and it is... As I, I think Mass Effect 2 is my favorite Mass Effect game, like hands fucking down. Yep. Um, and it is because of that cast of characters, because it is such a middle chapter, like assembling your team story. It is the yep. ragtag sci-fi group. Every like element of character in there is so out there from like, you know, Jack and Tally to fucking. Um, what's his name? Uh, Grunt. Morton. Morton Morton Solis was my my piece de resistance for last because Morton Solis might be one of my favorite sci-fi characters ever and to get like lightly spoilery in terms of Morton's journey from Mass Effect 2 to Mass Effect 3 is like one of my favorite things ever of like this unassuming scientist who created this horrible monstrosity kind of getting this chance to redeem himself if you play the game the correct way um (laughs) Yeah. Like, if you don't let Morden do his thing and sacrifice himself in Mass Effect 3, like, that is his complete journey. He is such a good character, such a fleshed out, interesting, unique character. Um, and I think that's true of pretty much everybody on that ship, with the with the exception of, like, Zaid, who is the DLC character who is, like, a nothing, who's, like, an action movie character just pasted into the ship. Yeah, like... There are a few very small exceptions to that, like Miranda Lawson. I didn't find very interesting. As a she's character. just she's more interesting than like Ashley or Caden, yes. but she's yeah. not. She's definitely on the lower end of it. But then for every Miranda Lawson, you get like a Jack and a Grunt and a, you know, Garrus is not only interesting, but where he's gone between one and two is he's become a fucking vigilante on a space station. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Miranda is one of those ones. It's like, oh, you've got a really good framework for a character. And then the execution kind of didn't come together. And her backstory does have interesting stuff under the surface. I just don't think they go anywhere that intriguing with it. Yeah, I think I mean, it's hard because they have so many compelling characters and interesting characters in there. It's like, well, where do we take her? Yeah. <laughs> At that point. Yeah. You know? And it's it's nothing negative to her as a character. It's more to the like the struggle of like writing a compelling all compelling characters throughout an entire cast. Like a, that's, a, that's like, what the whole then, point of the preamble was. Yeah, and, and also having those characters work based off of your decisions as well, mm. which can drastically change their relationship to you by the end. Mm. So it's yeah. like it's it's a really big ask and uh it is. it's you know handled better in some cases than others as far as yeah. how well that I, actually works out. I think the writers did such a good job in Mass Effect 2. Like for, like Mass Effect 1 is a f- fantastic game. Mass Effect 2 is my favorite of the series as well, Rich. And like for me that up the ante like that barring some of like the more like the gunplay stuff and like other things like that that some people had an issue with and it didn't bother me but the, like the loyalty missions and like for it, it steps up the ante in like what you're talking about that get game culminates in what they literally label a suicide mission and unless you've done everything you can to prepare you are going to lose some of those people yeah but right. also we're talking about rpg players so all of yeah half a percent of people lost absolutely no one because yeah, we you gotta we make have sure a problem. You're, you're planning accordingly. Yeah, right. And I think like 
part of the reason, obviously the big reason aside, uh, part of the reason why Mass Effect 3 didn't work as well for people is because I don't think they had as tight of writing consistently across the board with the characters in 3 that they did in 2. And 2 the thing- was so well written yeah. across the board with the cast of characters that they had. And the thing that sucks is like 3 could have been that good because it was more intimate. Like it was a smaller crew size. So if anything, it should have been easier to tell more compelling stories with the smaller crew. Ish. Right. Ish. I think the biggest thing there, just period, is one had to introduce a bunch of new characters, convince you why you give a shit about them in the first place. True. Two, got to pay off those stories and then introduce a bunch of new stories bunch of new characters like that's it's a lot of work but i think it's easier than Mm. putting a bow on absolutely every thread you've opened up which is that's true that's the problem three runs into right and also that it has to put a bow on some of those stories from two without getting too intimate with yeah like i always think of it's a good moment but it feels so much like oh we needed to put a bow on this like yeah Thane's story and the way it wraps up in three is like you kind of need to go visit him while he's getting like medical treatments on the citadel and it becomes well we knew thane's deal was like he's sick he's weak there's no way he was going to be a crew member in this but it ends up feeling like such an afterthought to be like oh, i kind of need to go see how this finishes for him yeah yeah, yeah like for me in mass effect 2 at the time um granted this was 11 years ago he was my favorite character in the game like i he really resonated with me um even to this day when i think about mass effect 2 he's the first thing i think about in that game um when i'm sleeping when i'm in the shower he's the first thing i think of. <laughs> is anyone else disappointed in uh in bioware and if, when we get our next mass yes. effect game i'm gonna be disappointed in them unless we finally get an elcor crew member so I can be right? in the middle of a firefight and you can be like, agitated response. Mm. I'm going to fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> but but like that's that is the thing. Like I even I, and this is a weird like comparison, but I think about how Firefly was canceled and then they had Serenity, which wasn't the greatest movie, but it was a pretty good wrap up to Considering a lot of what they accomplished story. in a feature length film. It's great, but it's, you know. But it's one of those things where you take the caveat of this was created simply to tie up all those loose ends. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's true. But, like, I think about, and granted, a movie-to-video game comparison is not great, but I think about how much more time Mass Effect 3 had to be able to tie up a lot of those loose ends. And I feel like... And it still felt rushed. Some of the characters characters got a really good... uh, favorable compelling ending like like you said rich morden fantastic ending to his arc and then other characters again like you said became afterthoughts and it's bizarre to me that after the success of one and two you wouldn't be able to replicate that as much with three and you know what's and that's not even considering the ending and whatnot you know and you know what's absolutely crazy is some of the better stories that wrap up are like tied together neatly in unique ways. Like I feel like Rex is another yeah. one who gets a great end capper if he's alive in your story and it's completely intertwined with Morden's. Yeah. Mm. And like to this day, that's the one thing I actually want in a proper Mass Effect 4 is I want it to take place years later and your uh, one of your party members should be Erdnot Morden, Rex's son. He promised to name after Morden Solas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that absolutely should be the case, you know? 
Um, who knows when that map, that new Mass Effect game will come out? You know, I, I mean? I'm genuinely excited to see what that thing ends up being. I'm I'm you know hesitant because obviously um, we've been burned with... before. Yeah. Yes. Very true. But I I'm still hopeful, and I think that there is a place for a new Mass Effect game because I still think those games like. Even with the the remasters and whatnot, granted, I didn't really have enough time to delve deeply into them. It still feels like, granted, mechanically not so much, but they are games that could still exist very much so in modern times. Oh yeah, they they yeah. hold up pretty well for what they are. There's just modern trappings that need to be put into them. And what is a Mass Effect with modern sensibilities? It's not all that different than what Mass Effect was, just cleaned up a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, honestly, there a lot of the rules we're still using we're kind of getting nailed down around that time which is why yeah. one is going to be changed significantly in two and three just and barely four is i mean mass effect four seems to be a continuation of the normandy curve story it is still my personal hope that we're not getting another creative character i think liara should be the main character of that game mm. yeah which that is, is what a lot of people yeah. suspect is going to be the case i I don't know how you make a Mass Effect 4 that's anything like the first game or first series at this point. I, I think in order to do anything... I think you're looking at more of a character dri- purely character-driven thing yeah. and not so much as stepping into the yeah, shoes yeah, of a Yeah, it's going to have to be very different in, in one way or another. Either, it, either it, the game's going to have to open with, all right, explain to us... Tell us about your who's, ship. Who's still alive? Because there's so many different starting points for this to come from. I think that's or, what they should. We're like, getting into a different conversation here, but yeah. I think that's what they should do because I don't think you should. Because uh, otherwise you're just establishing what you as a company have decided is canon. And I think that's like there's got to be broad points well, of these yeah, things definitely yeah. happen. But other. I mean, the only other thing that makes sense is and, and this is already not the case. They've said it because it's a continuation of that cruise story. But the only other thing that makes sense is to have it be a sequel long enough after that, oh, people don't quite have the facts straight of what happened during this. We saw, so, yeah, just kind we of hand clear type stuff. shots of what yeah. appeared to be, at the very least, Liara, uh, Garrus, and uh, Grunt. So, yes. like, yeah, the Normandy crew is around. Yeah, so that's not really an option given that. So, mm. curious to see how they managed to handle that without angering literally everyone right but like i think get hurt again i (laughs) I think the the crux of not the crux that's probably not the right word the source of the excitement for what four could be stems back to looking at what one and especially in my opinion and obviously rich your opinion as well what two did with the cast of characters their their wonderful development um, everything that they became, their stories, their individual stories. Um, yeah. Yeah. Two, I think, is a phenomenal choice. And, like, honestly, I didn't even think of that, but I'm glad you said it, Rich, because I, I would agree with you whole- wholeheartedly. That is one of the most interesting cast of characters in a video game. They're, those are characters that, like, in any medium will stick with me forever. Is Morden Solis is, like, outside of video games, like, one of my favorite sci-fi characters ever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great choice. Um my my first choice uh for today that hopefully you guys I would imagine would agree with would be Hades. 
Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and I I wanted to go back and like pick a like a more quote unquote uh el- not elder like a, a an older example kind of so to speak a deeper cut a, so, yeah deeper cut so there's a lack of recency bias but I think Hades is old enough at this point um to safely say that this game has one of the most is- interesting cast of characters in a video game for sure because it's and this is something we talked about all the way back in the day it's truly amazing to me that a game decided to tackle something that has been done to death in media, whether it's book form, whether it's TV show form, whether it's movie form, whether it's video game form with a form with Greek mythology. Um, that's something that has been done to death. And they managed to, uh, Supergiant managed to make it really interesting and feel fresh and feel modern. Um, you know, they could have gone with that approach of doing something similar with, you know, older language choices and sticking to the source material of the mythology. Um, But they decided to make it a more modern approach while still paying homage to who the characters' essences are in, in some regards. And that all stems from the characters that they created. Uh, Zagreus is a very compelling protagonist. Um, you know, he's constantly at odds with his father and he's seeking to form a relationship with his mother, um, who seemingly abandoned him and his father, according to Hades. And, um, as, as he's moving through the underworld, he has these characters that he's known that are quote unquote stuck down there with him. And he gets to know them all, and they all have their own very compelling stories as well. Um, playing playing the game, I normally don't get into like some of the uh, like the supplementary information and lore that you can read. I often only do that when it's a game that's really got its hooks in me, and this game was one of them. I wanted to help every single person with their side stories and their side missions and learn more about each one of these characters. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I I wanted them to succeed. I wanted happiness for them. I wanted, I wanted to know where their journeys go and I wanted to know how their journeys quote unquote end um, by the time you're done playing the game. And it's, there, there there's so many good characters here. It's not just the gods that help you. Um, with your mission to escape the underworld, which those are all compelling as well. It's something as silly as like Skelly, the little guy that you practice with and you kill over and over again. He has missions and he has a personality and you learn about him. You learn about Dusa, the uh, the housemaid who is basically a Gorgon head. They're, they're, Forget so about the Gorgonites. There are so many good characters in this game and it's impressive to me that there are all these characters in the game because there are what 30 40 characters in the game and they're all equally compelling you want to know more about it what's up what is that sound yeah somebody's hammering upstairs okay oh hammering yeah yeah sorry i can't i can't do anything about that 
But moving on, so I can stop. So you guys can. That's yeah. That's always nice. I can stop. So you guys can talk about it while that's. I don't wanna. I'm good. Thanks. (laughs) What do you want me to talk about? Got to dance to that hammering now. It's got a real (laughs) groove. Hammer time. I I thought. I thought we would talk about my choice. Oh, I didn't know that was what you meant. I wasn't trying to be rude. No, uh, you're good. I thought you meant. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the hammering. Let's break that down on the podcast. <laughs> That's what I thought you were saying, which I thought no. was weird because we're recording our uh, our you know DIY home repair podcast after this. So I figured we'd save it for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, no, no, that's definitely a good pick. Um, I'm not clipping my nails. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How the show devolved in one minute. I'm sorry, the nail clipper was right here. I needed to clip my nails. It's a whole it's, thing. No, it's yeah. not just you. Didn't it's think anyone you. would notice it over the hammering. I, yeah, yeah. I, I thought the hammering would cover it. How um, fucking loud is that on your guys' end? It's pretty loud. Cool. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll find out in the recording, because every time we bring up a sound, you can't actually hear it, and then, you know, all the cars going by and everything in... else is just clear as day. If you yeah. want me to record some hammering for you to add in in case you need it, um, just so there's context. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's right, definitely... Let's, that... let's, let's start here. Oh, we're not using that? Um, <laughs> I, I'm genuinely confused by that. Uh, no, that's definitely a good pick, Shay. That's definitely a good pick. Uh, a lot of characters in there. Not one I immediately thought of, but when you said it, I was like, oh, that's kind of obvious, actually. Yeah, it was the like, cast thing. The big yeah. like push-through of that game beyond, beyond the like roguelikeness of it is... Getting back and seeing those new interactions with all the characters in the House of Hades and yeah. all the people you meet along the way as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shit! What's wrong? <laughs> That's why I waited for a minute. I was like, I know the second I start talking, it's gonna happen. Well, Josh, do you have anything to say while we're waiting for the for the uh, home improvement marathon to end? <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. Um, dear Lord, the hammering—it's—it's it's in my soul. Um, about the about that topic, or are you asking? Okay, all right. Um. I can still hear it. Anyway, um, the um, really glad I clipped my nails. I, I, I think the the whole new take on characters people already know thing or or should know at this point. I don't know how much most Americans can't read. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, those well, Greek are. history comes up, or not history, but like Greek mythology comes up enough in other like so many different situations that I kind of assume people, most people, at least have a general idea of who the characters are. At least, at least. A lot of the main cast, um, some of the some of the others, people would possibly be experiencing. Definitely, maybe. Um, I I I think that kind of helps to have a framework to put the whole thing together and kind of give you some of the, um, Like political workings of having such a large cast like that, uh, I think that kind of gets them started off on the right foot. And like you can have 
different takes on it from there. Um, and they do in a lot of situations. Uh, but you at least have something to base it off of because, well, people kind of know big story beat, you know, notes coming into it. Um, like, um, yeah, and I, I think they do a really good job of that. Not not perfectly. There are some, you know, some of the cast is way more interesting than others. Um, but it's still overall great. That that just big group dynamic. The big ensemble casting works yeah. really well in this game. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that like made me choose this as one of my choices is essentially there were so many times in the game where you know the the main point of the game is for you to take Zagreus and try to get out of the underworld. But there were so many times where I was like, oh, actually, that can wait for a minute. And like, I'd go see what all the other characters are doing. And, you know, 30 minutes goes by and I'm talking with all these characters, helping them out with their stuff. And I'm like, oh shit, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing here, but this is mm-hmm. exactly where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Hades, my choice. Josh, right back to you. What's there your are... choice? too many games that this could be where I, I just the, the dynamics between a large group of characters is done well um, kind of like you said I think you're muted Rich so I am there you are <laughs> I thought he was just whispering singing to himself over there blue moon um, I saw you standing, standing alone, alone. <laughs> without um, a care in my heart you were saying? <laughs> yes. Um, again, trying to not do the obvious, like, which Final Fantasy game is this going to be choices, because... It's all of them. Like, yes, exactly. It's all of them. It seems strange to just point out one of those, because you've probably already heard that a dozen times from other people talking about how great the casts are. Um Because of that, I mean, it's a similar thing. Like, you know, the history's there. They should be doing it well. Catherine. Um, Garfield Your group of friends hanging out at the bar every night between, your, between levels is really great. And I think they do a good job of a, a sort of... Friends who have years and years of history vibe to it, which is not a thing that you see a lot in games. A lot of times, oh, the cast is coming together, you have to know everyone, so this is when everyone's meeting each other. Um, In a lot of cases, um, you meeting characters is the same time they're meeting each other. Uh, Not always, but that's that's really the focus in Catherine is the idea that, oh no, these characters have known each other since middle school. Uh, They've known each other for decades. And what sort of character dynamics are they going to have after having chosen to stick around with each other for this long? Um, Mm. Is really neat. Um, 
just for something different uh, as far as, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the usual fare we get from a, from a video game cast. So. Sure. That's fair. Yeah, that makes sense. That game's I, a banger. I think, I think that's a good pick. I, I want to say more about that game, but <laughs> you know my feelings on it, so I can't say anything. You love it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a great yeah. game. Yeah, uh, something someone... I've I've been replaying the uh... shit. What's a special edition version? Catherine full body, full body, full body. That's it. Full replaying body. that, and that addresses some of those concerns, and also creates a, creates a, new ones. A bunch of a bunch of brand new ones, that, some of which are much worse. But yeah, I, I would agree. Um, but also still a they banger do, of a game. Yeah, I I think they do a good job of kind of adding that feeling that you have with your group of buddies that you go drinking with to Catherine with a K's story, which ostensibly in the original version, oh, you've known her forever. That's why, you know, you've been friends. You decided to get married and all this stuff. And in that original one, you get almost none of that. The only thing they actually, that you're actually privy to in that is the things that annoy you about her. And like, why? Why was this a thing? Why Why did this relationship ever happen? And then... It's like talking to any any baby boomer about their wife. Be like, I yeah. hate that woman. Be like, then why did you marry her? Exactly. And I think they kind of addressed a lot of that really well with that full body... You know, the changes to it. Um, mm. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and also kind of, I think, lent really leans into the strengths of what they were going for there so for sure yeah i i am glad that you chose something that you like mm-hmm. <laughs> i wish i had more to say i do and i mean that sincerely uh Rich, he's just, he's just not a fan of competitive cubert it seems uh, i thought yeah, cubert's so fucking good man coily oh Oh, don't get me started. Well, Rich, what is your second choice? <laughs> yeah, it's Cubert. Um, no, uh, <laughs> we've been waiting this whole time for you to say that. Cubert and Coily, what a relationship they have. Uh, my second pick uh, is I know, like you guys don't expect this from me. It's Persona Four Golden. Uh, I thought you were gonna say Yakuza. <laughs> I, I honestly was I was kind of surprised the first choice was not. Yeah, uh, Yakuza was also up there for me, so I'm glad you mentioned that, Shay. Honorable mention to the Yakuza series. Uh, yeah, as far as, I, I think Persona 5 was kind of a close second for me in this direction as too as well, but Persona 4's cast of characters is, I think, like, pretty closely tied with 5's, but otherwise by far the strongest. Yeah. Um, that sort of small, sleepy town vibe, like the very slice-of-life story coupled with sort of having the main character crash basically like a partially a group of friends and then like reluctantly people coming together sort of like the misfits of the town and mm -hmm. Josh kind of alluded to it talking about like Catherine like that whole a lot of these people are meeting each other for the first time it does I think games games and probably more so anime actually does a lot where it's not just oh we're meeting each other for the first time like some of them are meeting each other for the first time some of them are already friends some of them know each other but aren't friends and kind of have like preconceived yeah. notions about people yeah, exactly um, that, I think that's a neat dynamic the idea of they are meeting each other for the first time but 
oh, they've been at the same school for for years and yeah, like b- before you brought them together, like oh no, I I hate that uppity bitch. Like why? <laughs> yes, there's there's a lot of that. Like I think until they get to know each other. So one of my favorite examples in Persona Four specifically is Kanji, who is like my favorite character in that game. Um, whose whole thing is like he's part of a biker gang and he's like this ne'er do well kid in the neighborhood but then when everybody actually meets him and they're like terrified and they're like oh that kid's trouble he's just like a fucking dork who loves to sew and help his mom out at her textile shop yep uh (laughs) it's yeah it's that game is the the characters are the driving force behind like every persona game basically and for me persona 4 specifically is like the, the strongest case for that and it is just the way those characters interact and everything is top notch yeah I like that is one of the games that I truly truly wish I had made more time for like not Persona 4 but just this series I should say well it's coming to the Nintendo Switch I know I know that like here's the thing it's not it's not that I don't have opportunities to play it I I bought Persona 5 like four years ago and I still have never played it it's Mm. just like that's on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and it's something I've never done, and I, I kind of wish I would have, because I hear nothing yeah. but good things about that game in that series. So It is a big-time commitment, so it, it it's makes sense to be something you just decide you don't have time for in your life. That's, it's, That's, like, so it's a series I love, but I also completely understand when someone says, Nah, nah, I, I, I'm busy. I don't understand yeah. it. It makes no <laughs> sense to me. <laughs> no excuses. Not a single one. Um, well, I do think that is honestly a good choice, and I, I think you are in good company with that one with a lot of people. Um, I'm trying to, not to pick obvious ones here or ones that we've talked about a lot before. Are you going to get the door or what? <laughs> You gotta be fucking kidding me. Okay. Um. <laughs> they heard you say okay. Josh, would you like to go next while I'm thinking about my second one? Sure, sure, why not? Please. No, he'd love to. Oh my goodness. Nothing would oh. please me more. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I was ready, but I'm I'm crying, laughing at the hammering. <laughs> it's, <laughs> dude. I like. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you're gonna keep it all in or if you have to edit it out. But I'm well, sorry. We'll, we'll way. see. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll make the call later, just depending on okay how the pacing feels with and without it. I guess. Um, okay. Well, I can I can game. go if you don't have another one. Off, I off I. Your head. I've got a couple, but I'm trying to decide which one I want to bring up is, is the thing. So if, if you, man, um, I really don't. Okay. I'll go. Yeah. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, I, I went with the one that, uh, for a game that we've never really talked about and that's Ickenfell. Um, never heard of it. I think that was probably my choice. Good. Good. Then we can just combine ours and talk about it together. Or um, I can bring up another one, but yeah. Oh yeah, both. Are I, okay. Actually, I already wrote Ickenfell down on my list here. As, We're as going with Ickenfell. Yeah. 
I that game obviously if if you've been listening listening to us for a while, it's no surprise that that game affected us yeah. so much uh, when it dropped. Um, a large part of that is the cast of characters because yeah. for multiple reasons. I know, like for some people to to hear the whole conversation of um, inclusion can take them out of the immersion experience or what have you, or maybe some of you are tired of hearing that conversation, whatever the case may be. I it's for me, it's irrelevant because like, yes, the inclusion is such a big, cool factor that makes these characters so much more interesting because it adds layers and depth to the character. It isn't the only part of their identity, but it is a part of their identity, which does add some layers, which makes it interesting. Um, but on top of that, they all have very different motivations for what they're doing in the game. And it, and it becomes slowly and readily apparent the more you play the game and how you interact with what's happening in the main story beat of the game. Um, and I love that each character feels so far different from the other not only mechanically speaking but in their personality in their their journey of their lives their development they're all vastly different characters and to me i think that's one of the most important things about making a game with an interesting cast of characters is if each character you can remember them they're they're all memorable they all stand out in very unique ways and they add to the story even the non-playable characters are very fascinating in that game and they have a greater purpose um for being there they're not there just as fluff they're there to propel the story forward and they also engage you and pull you into the world that much more because of their fascinating personalities and that's just like Every time I met a character in that game, I was drawn more into the story and more into Absolutely. the world. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that kind of does a lot of the things we've been talking about already of characters have histories with each other in a lot of cases. Uh, I mean, one of the dynamics that is kind of unique here that you, you just don't really see so much is you meet characters who used to be friends in this game Mm. that's not something that you come across all that much and then like you end up with party members who were friends but have had a falling out and that dynamic of okay we we've got to be together to you know solve this problem sort of a thing forced to be back together and then have to work on fixing that relationship um it's really cool um yeah i i think that's a huge part of what makes the game compelling too and it makes the ending that much more affecting as well because mm-hmm. <clears throat> i was actually watching a recent video that a friend sent me about what makes a a truly terrifying villain sent me a youtube link over and i watched that recently and one of the one of the things that the youtube clip talked about is when you have a compelling and frightening villain the 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 unexpected when that happens is what makes the villain truly terrifying because like if you know he's just this evil sinister bastard who's just going to kill and kill and kill 
there's nothing really terrifying about that because it's like I know what to expect. You know, um, <clears throat> for example, uh, George Lucas acts actually cut out some scenes where uh, Darth Vader was force choking um, all his underlings because at that point he's less and less terrifying because it's like, oh, this is this is just really poor management. You know, at that point where <laughs> yeah, what well, was once, once menacing <laughs> exactly once is menacing. It's like oh yeah, he, he could be pushed to this sort of a what was once menacing is now commonplace. Yeah, right, exactly, and so. Tangent aside to that, um, what's compelling about some of these characters is the unexpected things that they do or the unexpected things that happen to them, and that really becomes apparent. And I'm trying to keep yeah. this min- to minimal spoilers. Uh, with Minimally you. sexual. <laughs> with um, <sighs> mission not accomplished. <laughs> with uh. With the end, horny like, is what I'm saying. There's something that happens at the end that you truly yeah. don't expect to happen, and that's partially what makes it the the character so compelling as well. Because something unexpectedly happens to a character, and how do these other characters that you've played the game with, that you've seen in the game, how do they react to the unexpected? And do they band together? Do they panic? Like what happens? And that is part of what makes them so interesting. Um, you know, the, the narrative is obviously doing some of the heavy lifting there, but the characters, you know, the way that they are written and, yeah, um, how interesting they are written, how interestingly they are written, that lends itself to the narrative being as affecting as it is in those moments of, um, unexpectedness. You know, I know that's not a word, yeah. but point point standing. So I yeah. I think that I th- that that game um is phenomenal. I, Eastward was on my short list as well. Yeah, but well I that's like, you know, that's, that's why I couldn't decide because I had I had Ickenfell and Eastward both or probably probably one and two is like I can't decide which one I should bring up here, but yeah yeah see what you decided <laughs> to right. go with. Yeah, those are both fantastic yeah. games with phenomenally written characters and yeah. it's really really hard to choose between some of those um yeah yeah i we hadn't talked about it can fell for a while so i figured it was okay yeah to yeah talk it's, about it's probably it. worth bringing it up i mean i i can go right into eastward if we want to bring that yeah. up now uh yeah kind of as as a point in contrast um it's a smaller main cast in Eastward, because you, it, you're 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 doing a whole, you know, two people going on a journey thing, and you'll you'll meet people along the way, bring them with you, lots of other side characters and whatnot. But like the main cast is much more condensed, uh, and instead of kind of seeing how a larger group of characters handles the story you're going through, you end up getting a lot more of a um, almost like a One Piece vibe of like, oh, I know all the main characters. The interesting thing is kind of seeing what situation do they find themselves in this time with like each of the arcs being, you know, having its own, you know, uh, kind of inner workings. What hijinks will Cyborg Frankie get up to this week? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and eastward i think kind of feels like that a lot like it's it's um it's moving at that pace and putting you in different scenarios very quickly and yes yeah, yeah. um but you're also getting getting to meet like a bunch of different characters along the way you see recurring characters who are also kind of you know doing their own thing but you know kind of going on the Daniel. same journey with you um they're not with Daniel you for but life like where along, Daniel stands here yeah, at the yeah. Chompcast. Um and I think that's just a really cool dynamic that you see in other things, kinda like I was saying, like it, it it's very much sort of a one piece vibe to the the feel of that game. Like it, it feels like you're going through an arc or two of that game with the, you know, different towns you find yourself in. Um and I've mentioned this before about how a lot of the earlier Final Fantasy games had that sort of feel like oh I got to a new town there's so much new stuff going on I have to talk to everybody find out what's going on um that's kind of just what this game feels like whether you're going out of your way to talk to everybody or not it's just that's what they're going for um and you meet so many interesting characters um as you go that have their own motivations their own things going on um, who like you or dislike you based off of their own backstories that you'll get, you know, more or less of just depending on the character. But, um, I, I really like that, that vibe, um, that you get. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like you're saying, you are. I mean, outside of the main characters, you are prompted to explore the towns that you go in, and there are so many fascinating characters yeah. within those towns, like a ton of them. And one one of the one of the big things there is like that I think is important. It's less on the uh, honestly, if, I, if I'm being transparent, less so on the uh, Western version, but more on the Japanese version of the cover art. Um, the Japanese version of the cover art is so much different because it has Sam looking very mysterious and John kind of in the, in the image as well. And when you see that, you are wondering what the hell, like who the hell are these characters? Um, it like the, not that the Western cover art is bad per se. Um, I'm just saying that the mystery that the Japanese cover art kind of places in front of you when you see it is kind of what the whole game is about and i think that um it captures that that idea of these characters are mysterious yeah. um who are they what what have they done what where are they going why are they going there and yeah yeah the the, the thing with john which which is the other main character which is really interesting about that game is he doesn't really have a ton of backstory but he doesn't really need a ton of backstory. And that's surprising that he's interesting despite that lack of um, heavier backstory. Whereas Sam, she gets indirect backstory due to what her arc is. And she still, she become she becomes more and more interesting as the game goes on. And it, it starts to become as these other characters enter the fold, they become more interesting because the way the characters are written, like we talked about in the last, um, in the, in the last game when we were talking about Ickenfell, 
is a lot of these characters are written in unexpected ways. Um, yeah. I, I'm spacing the name. I feel bad. I'm spacing the name right now of the character. Um, like the, the Dawn character. You know which one I'm talking about? The guy who runs the casino? Yes, I do not remember either. It was so long ago. Yeah, I can't remember it's his just, name off the top of my head. It also starts with an F, but you said Frankie recently, and that's throwing him off my brain. Frankie Three Legs. Cyborg Frankie! But uh, you have, you have it, other really compelling F, characters right? like Alva. Yeah. Um, in the but game. yeah, you're talking about Alva's brother. Yeah. Is it Alva's brother? Yeah, yes. yeah, right. It is. I forgot about that. I, I'm gonna have to look it up anyway. It might but... be Frankie, and that's why my brain is just not allowing me to accept it. Because since we just said Frankie, talking about the other Frankie, there the is perfect. a guy named Frank, but it is a uh, Frankenstein. So it can't be that. What is it? Uh, I'll, I'll keep. I'll keep looking anyway. it up. But yeah. But like, regardless. There are so many characters, and like, even if they have like a few minutes of screen time, like you know the kids who like to um, play was it Earth Earthborn Earthborn yeah. That's, God, I want to play this game again. This is just making right? me want to play this game again. It's a good but, game. Um, yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? Even like those little characters who are like playing the Earthborn game and talk with um, Sam from time to time. Even they're compelling and they're interesting. I'm going to get it. Don't worry. You you guys worry about, I'm on the wiki going through the carriers page. Okay. I'm doing the same exact thing as I'm talking, but there's so like, and the, and the main villain, Solomon, he's really fascinating as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a very different vibe to what we were talking about before with a, you know, more condensed main cast and, but but yeah, you get so much character from all these, you know, people you'd meet that would generally just kind of be one note in a lot of other games. Because, oh, we need someone to serve this function in the story right now. Mm-hmm. So so they're going to, that that is the character. That, that, that function we need, to serve, need them to serve is kind of their defining trait. Um, and Eastward generally gives them much more depth than that in a, almost every case. Yeah, even think of like the whole Daniel storyline. Yeah, that is happening in the background. Like it's that a banger stuff of the storyline. Really mm-hmm. That stuff is all really fascinating as well. Yeah, dude, this is gonna fucking bother me if we can't. Yeah, I can't this. find him either because I can't for the life of me remember what his name starts with. Yeah. Well, why don't we go on break? I think that's a good point to leave the the conversation at. Um, because I think we all came up with some really good answers. We came up with some AAAs and some Indies and some things in between there. And I think it's fairly representative of us as a group. So, um, yeah, well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about all the games we've been playing this week. So stick around. We'll be right back. Fuck is this guy's name? This Sunday, Sunday at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Arena. Sunday Monster Truck Rally. Rally. That's right. 
There are gonna be lots of bitches, lots of big tough guys. Sunday, yours truly, down there at the Monster Truck Rally. And we're gonna be wearing Chomp Gear. Store.swordshop.com. Store. You can buy lots of nice gear and t shirts, so when you fuck your bitch in the bleachers, you have something to look at. Raw dogging it. Oh, baby. No condoms, because we don't sell those yet. That's right, and if you look up at your sword chomp clock, you'll know how fast you came inside of her. <laughs> C-U-M. That's right. Here, let me tell you about my friend Dale. He's going to tell you more about the store.swordchomp.com. Dale, take it over. I tell you, I went on over to store.swordchomp.com, got myself a t-shirt, got myself a hat, got myself something for my dog. It's a good deal. That's right, Dale. That's right. So if you're interested in repping your favorite podcast while watching a bunch of trucks slamming into each other, head over to store.swordshop.com. Store.swordshop.com this Sunday, 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 Sunday. I like titties. And we're back after a very short wait. Uh, we're going to talk about some video games that we played now. And obviously, there's one in particular that has taken the gaming world by storm. No, we're not talking about Mario vs. Rabbids. We are talking about God of War Ragnarok. Uh, just dropped a few days ago um, at the time of this recording. And we have all played some level of it. We're actually all about in the same area right now. And uh, so we have some first impressions for you guys. So um, just as a forewarning, this will be spoiler free other than maybe the first hour yeah. of the game. Well, other than spoilers uh, for God of War one, which are kind of. Which came yes. out in 2005, like get with it, guys. Yes. I mean, for God of War Ragnarok, it will be spoiler free. Mm-hmm. There will be nothing um, in there for that. So or in here for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so just as a forewarning, but um, I like I want to start out with something that I wouldn't have really expected to start out with with this game. I was really impressed upon booting up the game, all the accessibility options that they had. I don't know if you guys like just perused yeah. those at all. Yeah, but it, it's something that, you know, we talked about a few years ago with The Last of Us 2, hoping that um there would be more of those accessibility options because we felt like The Last of Us 2 was a benchmark game for accessibility for gamers. And it seems like God of War Ragnarok has taken that to, to I wouldn't say to the next level per se, but definitely um, as at least matched what The Last of Us 2 did in many ways. And I think in other certain aspects have definitely increased that. You know, where The Last of Us 2... Um, this is the yeah. last time I'll mention the game, had the ability to really um, pick how difficulty works in that game. This game does so much more for people with, um, with vision issues, with hearing issues, with uh, general disabilities. There is so Ish. much that this game yes. Yeah. Sure, and yeah, that stuff should be the standard, so it's nice to see that happening yeah. more so. Yeah, exactly. Now. It's, it seems like they definitely were trying to, to basically not leave anything out that you know, was in The Last of Us 2. Um, mm-hmm. the, the actual functionality of that, it leaves a little something to be desired. 
Um, yeah, yeah. With stuff such as turning your character towards the direction you're supposed to be going, which was a vision aid in The Last of Us. Um, it doesn't have very good pathfinding currently, and you'll end up getting stuck because it's not actually pointing you in a direction you can go in cases. Um, and also doesn't give you a notification when you've gotten to that next map point where you need to turn again. Um, I felt little, that little things I've, here and there where it's just not quite polished yet. Um, yeah, I've, I felt I felt that way at first, and then it's when like I got the compass. Um, have yeah. you gotten to that point yet? No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, in the actual accessibility features. Oh, I see um, what you're saying. Because gotcha. The Last of Us Two had a basically audio notification thing like where you could oh yes where you could click turn my character the direction they need to go and then i'll go forward and it'll give you a notification when you've gotten far enough and you could click again to go in the new direction mm. that's that you needed true. to go it kind of just points you the direction you're supposed to go as the crow flies in this game so they they put that in here but it doesn't actually work the way it needs to so it kind of feels more like they were trying to tick the box. Like, oh, this was obviously a great thing in The Last of Us, but the implementation's not where it needs to be for it to, yeah. to work the same way. It, it's it's hard for me to speak on, like, implementation because I don't dive too deeply into that stuff because, obviously, like, I, I look at that stuff, like, at a cursory level. I'm like, it's cool that's there. I don't need that. Yeah, if you're, um, if you're curious about some of this stuff, um, Rich or anyone listening, um, Laura Kate Dale or Laura K. Buzz, I think, is her handle on YouTube um, mm-hmm. goes into accessibility features in games a lot um, and has kind of done a really deep dive into this game showing how a lot of the features they have here are great. They're, they're really attempting to do the same things that, I mean, The Last of Us 2 is basically the high watermark as far the as gold this standard for this. Yeah, sort of yeah stuff. absolutely. Yeah. And this game is attempting to do all of that again with with mixed success is kind of the yeah. what, what it boils either down way to. it's nice to see people trying even if like yeah. even if we're floundering the execution at this point i do think if as long as developers keep trying we will get to the point where this stuff is the, the standard and everybody gets how to properly implement it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and it, it's yes 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 i absolutely think that this should be a standard going forward and we said that two years ago and we're saying it now um, which is why I wanted to highlight it first and foremost. I think that is really important mm-hmm. um, aspect of the game. Yeah, um, and it, again, nuts. and it's mostly great. I especially like, like you said, how right on boot up, uh, it has the option to jump right into that before anything happens, which is kind of yeah. how it should be at should this be. point. Yeah. It kind of needs to be, otherwise what's the mm-hmm. point? Exactly. You shouldn't have to dig around looking for this stuff if you need it. It should be right. easy, to, easy to get to. And I think and even a if great you don't job need with it, that. If you don't need it, like the defaults are preset to where it should work for most standard people, like yes. standard T, like standard people. What I mean by that is like the standard TV or the the standard person who's playing a game, um, that that isn't meant in a derogatory yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Just, just period. We should have the options. I mean, frankly, I didn't need many of them, but like, oh, you're giving me the option to go right into this. I could skip through it because they give you the option. Oh, I, I don't need help with this kind of yeah. skip it they give you an option to skip it which is also nice um but i went into those settings i'm like okay what what do i have the option to to change here and i immediately fixed uh hold buttons 
for for button tapping sequences because I'm 35 and I have arthritis and I'm not putting up with that fucking shit anymore. I don't I tap buttons. I love a good tap, baby. I love I'm I'm sitting there, I'm fucking jamming on it. Yeah, I'm not yeah. dying tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. So yeah, like yeah, I'm, it's, I was it's, able to it's, fix that right away cuz they gave me the option right up front. Like is this going to be a problem? And I'm like whether it's a problem or not, I don't want to put up with it. So they can't right. fix it. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. I, I I just like the fact that if you don't need it, it's easily skippable. Yep. Which um <clears throat> launches me into the next point. The game. I love that the title title screen is basically a still. The first game did lo- that as well. It did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that it's still to just basically launch you straight into the game. Like as soon as you pick what you need to pick at that title screen you're immediately in the game from the beginning yeah. and uh well, yeah see- also uh if you if you view the recap of the game which it's been a couple of years since i played that mm. it also goes straight into it um with with like a transitionless thing with frankly as far as the usability of it it's it's slightly a little bit less good but mm stylistically is great if the backup or not the backup but the, but the recap is that same screenshot like still like you said of of kratos sitting by the fire thinking to himself intro to the game uh mm-hmm. but if you if you view the recap it like moves the camera over to the fire of you know and kind of has a, a hazy sort of dream like I'm thinking about all this shit that just happened, even though it didn't just happen. Cause that happened three years ago. Yeah, it happened, it happened a few years ago at this point. But, like, mm. in the flames, you see this sort of, uh, you know, alphaed out vision of everything that happened in the first game of him. That is pretty cool. Remembering it, with, it staring it into the in fire. The, in the context of the animation and whatnot, that's really cool. I didn't yeah. watch the green cap. I, I wanted to see what it would do, so I, I clicked that, and it does. It just pans right over, still in that same scene, just like it's keeping you in universe. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't watch it either, because I recently replayed a pretty big swath of that first game mm-hmm. in And we just did that cat on it, that yeah, it's, dark episode, which you can access at swordchomp.com. Yes, exactly. Listening to that. It's not a long recap. It really does just like... Bullet points it for you. Yeah, yeah, really bullet points. Like, it's it's maybe two minutes. It is not It is not an Perfect. in-depth recap. You don't recap. need to over, like, I need the highlights, man. What's exactly. important? What should I know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and that's that's kind of what the recap does. Um, and stylistically, it looks great doing it because cool. of that dedication to the single shot thing that they're still continuing from the first game. Yes. Mm, that's dope. I like that a lot. I'm glad you brought that up too, because I spaced bringing that up. And I, that's one of the things I did want to bring up is that recap to see if you guys watch it. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it like it launches you straight into the game. It's three years later. Um, and uh, it picks up right where you left off pretty much. Um, you know, a lot of the threads that were kind of left open at the end of the first game it starts to launch you pretty much immediately into those threads in the second game within the first hour you have a lot of conflict that happens right off the bat that sled opener with the freya encounter is so good and i say that being that it feels like so old god of war for us to immediately start with like a big bombastic set piece with yeah. someone yelling Kratos as they try and kill you. Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, like it, 
it's a good homage to old God of War too. Granted, even though 2018's God of War had it, that you're doing a quick time event. Yeah, right off the bat. Cuts. Yeah, yeah, that is just like all of that is a great homage to the older God of War games that came out during the PS2 era. Yeah, and PS3 era as well. Um, yeah, that was a great setup moment. Um, right off the bat, granted, I'm playing. <laughs> I'm still playing on my base PS4. I'm gonna I'm gonna run that shit into the ground. But uh, it looks fucking gorgeous. Like, yeah. granted, 2018 looked gorgeous. 2018's God of War. I'm just going to call it 2018 from here on out. Yeah, um, yeah. It looked gorgeous then, but this looks like, a even on the base PS4, it looks like a, a graphical leap up. From everything I've been hearing from the devs, this was always a PS4 game, first and foremost, because they did not want to cut off people who played the first part on the PS4, and especially with the supply issues, trying to get a hold of a PS5. I am glad to hear that this yeah. thing is not chugging on a PS4. Yeah. Like, the PS5 version is running great for me, and I've seen, like, the visual improvements, and I'm happy I get to play this version that, like, looks a little better and performs a little better, but I'm mm-hmm. glad that the PS4 version is pretty much just as good. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 so that, that like, one of the warnings I, I had going into it was, like, your PS4 is going to be, your base PS4 is going to be really loud. It's going to sound like a jet engine. Yep. And I'm going to tell you, it does sound louder than like playing yeah. an older game. The Last of Us Part so- 2 kind of did the same thing. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, for, yeah, exactly. For me, it's not any louder than when I played Cyberpunk 2077 or Ma- Maneater yeah. on my base PS4. Like, it sounds um, just as loud. Yeah, well, yeah but, yeah, the, you know. Cyberpunk 2020 or 2077 was was optimized to run on a Pixar rendering rig. Um, Poorly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes. So it's like it's it's allowed. But like for me, that's tolerable because I've I've dealt with that the past that I've played for other people. That's not going to be tolerable. And that's why you would want to ideally play it on the PS5. And I get that. That's fine. Um, In terms of. Yeah like pop in or graphical issues or frame rate issues i haven't had as so far i haven't had a single issue with this game and that's they they optimized this thing great i like i haven't had a single technical issue at all yeah yeah that that's something i can kind of speak to from the ps5 side as well um instead of just tweaking settings for like you know draw distance and whatnot they kind of went through with a fine tooth comb and just it seems like manually adjusted um the detail that's available on each part of the geometry ah uh, um, yes so you don't have pop in issues um because that's that's something i've i i'm i'm playing the a performance mode but b, b they kind of have a semi hidden high frame rate performance mode because I'm playing okay. on a 120 hertz TV. Um, and yeah, yeah. Um, from, from everything I've seen, they went in and manually kind of readjusted how many polygons all the background assets had. So you don't hit these massive um, like pop in issues where things just look bad. Even playing on that performance mode, which is, um, seems to be averaging around 80 frames per second, 80 to 90, so I'm not getting the full 120 that I could out of the TV, but 
Mm. It looks amazing running like that, and it also runs flawlessly, uh, whether I'm, I've been on that mode or... You've also got, like, a high-quality mode that's only 30 frames per second, but this is, a, this is an action game. Why would you do that to yourself? Um, it's so well-tuned. It is so well-polished. Like, that is, that is not a given at this point. Um, a lot of games, it seems like they are, oh, we need this to look as pretty as possible. And they frankly... And this game does both. Yeah, well, yeah, they, well they, they, they push things farther than they need to go instead of, like, really optimizing it. And a lot of that is, it comes down to, this is a flagship Sony title at this point. They need it to look as good as it can possibly look to run as well as it can possibly run. And this is the best example I've seen of that so far because it is rock-solid performance-wise. Honestly, um, from a technical standpoint, I was really impressed with The Last of Us 2. Like, mm-hmm. say what you will about the story and the characters and everything, but from a technical standpoint, that game was phenomenal. And same with Red mm-hmm. Dead 2. But those, like, those two games are amazing, um, but they didn't quite blow me away as something like Uncharted 4, where that was just a tip-top game from start to finish, like, in terms yeah. of mechanics and everything that it did that, that like, game i never did had such an any issues job. with with the physics or anything like that in yeah. uncharted 4 whereas this game so far just how beautiful it is how smoothly it runs everything it's yeah. trying to do i'm just constantly blown away like it, it's stupid it's something that we talked about when 2018 came out is how they expertly hide the load screens i wish 2018 and atreus out. are going under a bridge or they're going through a like a a small ravine and that's like the way they hide those load screens it impresses me every time yeah I'm like, Damn, that is such that a creative kind of, way of hiding them it's 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 excellent it and it makes it again work for the ps4 because that that console has much much slower load times um playing it on the ps5 some of that feels a little awkward um mm, i have to be honest because I don't need that load time. Like, if I die and have to reload a save, that X button to respawn is literally instantly there. Like, instantly. Mm. I can instantly hop back into the game, which feels great, but then also feels strange that you've got these, you know shimmy through a crevice or, or go under a bridge type obvious load point. Um, mm. that is that it's there for the PS4. Like this, this is a yeah. PS4 game. And some of that feels a little strange playing the PS5 I, version. I could see that. Like there's, there's a moment today where I was, um, this morning where I was climbing up with Atreus right before, uh, getting to the first populated area that you get to. And I was climbing for about 20 seconds. But then I forgot something, so I had to climb all the way back down, yeah. get that thing, and then climb all the way back up. And I was like, this is a little bit annoying for me, but it's not the end of the world. I can only yeah. imagine how PS5 uh, players feel about that, because like that's not quite a, a load well, screen, per se. I mean, it is a load screen, it's, it's just not a necessary load mass. screen. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. It's yes. And so I, I was like, I can only imagine how PS5 uh players feel about those yeah. kind of sequences. And it's not bad. the same. It's it's not bad. Like it's not it's not so egregious that it's gonna pull you out of it, but it is noticeable when getting from one area to a next takes longer to go through the crevice thing than oh I had a I had a checkpoint right before this thing. But and, look, th- and then it spawned me back on the other side of it faster than I could have walked through it. Um, but look, Mamir's talking to me about Hamlet. I'm interested. Right? Um, it, I want to talk about that weird change with the Mamir thing that I kind of like, where um, we, we talked about this when we did the Chomping at the Bits recently, about how like Mamir's stories and kind of the Chomping at the, the Bits. Boat, uh, I'm sorry, fucking uh, Chomping After Dark. I'm losing my mind. That's okay. um, It's a different show. Uh. Mimir no longer abruptly stops his stories when you get out of the boat, and I'm down with it. Like, even through yeah. combat, if it's not complicated, he'll just keep going. That, mm. Yeah, that does feel really good. I've only had a couple points where, like, a story beat will happen. Like, oh, we hit a vista yeah, that someone get, has something specific to say something about. You, you'll get a very quick, like, Kratos being like, hold that thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's way less often than that happened on God of War 2018. And it didn't even feel intrusive in the first one. That like, no, wasn't is a bad bit... in that case, but it like, happens yeah, way less often. Yeah, in this, often. they make it so much more to be like, unless there's a real reason for them to stop the conversation, like, they will continue having the conversation. Going. Yep. Hmm. One thing, like, it's kind of weird to, to harp on, in, or not harp on, but it's kind of weird to point out. And it's something that we talked about before, like with video game logic, when p- characters are having conversations, usually it's like one character goes, stops, then the next her- character goes and stops. And that's video game logic there. Like that's yeah. imparting that information. Like when you're talking to another character, they have to take turns. And that's just the way it works. Um, it largely does happen in this game as well, but because of the the character that they built with Kratos, it makes a lot of sense, especially in some of the cutscenes that you are <laughs> getting into, like within the first hour of meeting. Um, and this is within the first hour. So uh, in the first hour of meeting Thor, and you have that interaction with him and eventually uh, the other character who comes in, which that I won't spoil. Richard Schiff. Um, Wednesday Adams. That's right. This fall on Netflix. That that conversation that happens is very slow. It's very methodical. And it happens that way because of the characters and who they are. And it makes perfect sense. So when each character talks, it's like um, there are multiple characters in there that carry gravitas. And they have weight behind their words. So when each one talks, the others are listening. So it, it makes up for that video game logic of... One character talks, stops, and then the next character talks and stops. And to me, it didn't feel disjointed like it usually does in other video games. Not. Yeah. Well, to be. Yeah. Yeah. It it works. However, um, I I I do think the characterization of Wednesday as as a mafia. Can we don't... just say it seems insane to not talk about? Like uh, nobody's uh, no no everyone knows really... Odin's showing up. That's not a spoiler at this point because he's there in the first. He's not there, well, but that's, he's the threat uh, in the and first. Josh, game that what never you're shows getting up. at is what I was gonna say. I think I kind of like that stuff. Do and you like works. that characterization? Like, they've been really transparent about that. That like they were inspired by like mob movies. Yeah, because exactly he is a Odin mafia around. Yeah, he is, 
Odin is a mafia don. Let's make a fucking deal. Yeah. Um. And I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on that yet, but I, I've only gotten the one conversation with him so far. I and, really right. like that whole performance from Richard Schiff in that scene where it's like him kind of talking about the stuff in the past game with Modi and being like, you killed Modi, but he was kind of fucking useless. So who cares? Like, yeah. What the- yeah. 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 I, like, it's, like, it's, an, it's an interesting take. I'm just, I'm not completely sold on it yet. We'll, we'll, we'll see where I land on it as I play more of the game. kind of my And my I, I think you can thought. leverage the mob idea, though, really well with who Kratos was, because I like that idea of them kind of throwing it back in his face of like, do you really think that like you're worthy of forgiveness after the shit you've done? Like, yeah. you're no better than us. Like, I, I, I think that's a really interesting dynamic. To yeah, have. yeah. I think there, there's definitely places you can go with it. I'm just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm withholding judgment on it so far. Is is kind of my thought. I'm not, I'm not instantly yeah, in love it's with so it. it's so early in the game. It's hard yeah. to tell. But like, I will say, I will say this. Like to that point. Granted, we got the, uh, the, the look at Thor before the game came out. I love, I love his character design. It wasn't what I would have initially expected, but I love it. Odin's character design itself is not what i initially expected either and i really like his design yeah i was surprised i was like he's a skinny frail looking man and i love his design and i don't know well, why i they're, love it they're leaning into the i well i assume they're leaning into uh is his whole thing is being everyone everyone thinks if you don't know much about north mythology because of how it's told in you know Marvel crap and just general broadest possible bullet points type storytelling you get here in the US is oh Loki's the really clever one who's constantly pulling strings and whatnot that's kind of Odin's thing like he's he's kind of he's a schemer he is absolutely a schemer who is known for using feminine wiles and a lot of the like female coded magics in in Norse mythology um mm. to kind of pull the strings of everyone absolutely everyone uh in this pantheon um and it seems like i, I mean the mob boss as a kind of more Americanized stand-in for that is interesting. Although, again, I think it's... Again, I'm not sure, because it seems... It seems like they're kind of trying to do both at the same time with having him be, like like you said, this just very skinny, frail old man type of a character who is nevertheless extremely threatening and they're trying to get that across with the mob boss sort of persona. Um, because I don't know if that would read otherwise to an American audience. Uh, yeah, and- that could be it. I, I, I don't know. Like, for me right now, with, the, what, with what little we've seen, Thor feels like the bigger threat. Even well, though, he's like, the enforcer. Odin, yeah, even though yeah, Odin the muscle. is quote-unquote pulling the strings, Thor feels like a bigger threat because we've seen what he can do. We haven't really seen what Odin can do yet. Yes. And also a big part of that is, and I think it's a credit to Thor's character design being so good in this, is that, let's all agree, Kratos is not a small guy. 
Thor fucking towers over Kratos in this yeah. game. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, when he goes to sit down on that bench, I was like, no way that shit doesn't break. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it held. I was impressed. They've done a good job. But, um, yeah, I, I really like their character designs. Um, yeah. I, wa- I want to talk a little bit about that, that first fight specifically, and then I want to so talk good. more about the implications of it, because... Honestly, that 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 is a great opener. Um, that fight between Kratos and Thor, and it really goes places. Uh, we won't spoil everything about the fight that happens there. Um, but it is a fantastic fight. It is just as grandiose as the Baldur fight was at the beginning of 2018. Oh yeah, and, it's it's very much doing the same may, job. Yeah, and maybe even more so in terms of like the spectacle, like that that moment of like. The, the Leviathan axe and Mjolnir like locked in the air while you two were just punching the shit out of each other. Like, yes, yeah. So many good it moments. Was really good. There was, and th- and, the and one it does we- kind of a similar job to like a uh, uh, um, like a Ripley fight at the beginning of a Metroid game. As far as mm. I- I'm going to break all your shit, so you're kind of back down to a reasonable level because and you and start out pretty the- strong at the beginning of this game, and like they- it's not. To the same extent as like a Metroid game where they take away all your power. Oh, you right. still got like a good amount of shit. Yeah, like you have your Blades of Chaos, you have the Leviathan Axe, but and there's also something I think more interesting a little bit about like you know Balder arriving in the first game and thinking Kratos is Fey, um, uh, is a little different than like Thor knowing well who Kratos is and being like this is the great ghost of Sparta, like this is all you've got, like is kind yeah. of a different vibe. Yeah, like. There's a very different vibe to the start of these games with, like you said, uh, Balder being just completely up his own ass. Like, this is going to be a nothing fight sort of a thing. Like, oh, I've yeah. heard all this stuff. And never quite getting that Kratos is toying with him. Yeah. Whereas this first fight in God of War 2 in, in Ragnarok, you absolutely get that exact same feeling, but it is Thor who is toying with you. Until he just fight. fucks off eventually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, th- I think as far as raising the stakes go, that feels really good. That feels really good. Uh, as far as how they set that up, uh, of of giving you an enemy who he's playing with his food. just yeah. wastes you, just wastes you at the beginning, or 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 could could absolutely just and without without a thought ruin your day. It's that whole mannerism of him, like, being able to toy with you and you're not... Like, when he first sits down in that house and he, like, pours the cup of mead, I like, that reaction is pure bliss to me when Kratos, like, pushes the cup away and he's like, you could have said something before I poured it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah, I love that. And the, the, the moment that we were talking about before the show that we got to mention was the, uh, the game over oh, yeah. screen. Oh, they yeah. pull a Kojima in this, which they, is pretty great. They do the thing where you, it seems like maybe you failed the button press and Kratos is dying, and then Thor flat out uses Mjolnir to defibrillate you and is like, we're done when I say we're done, and you yeah. watch your health fill back <laughs> oh, up. God, I don't, I'm not going to lie to you guys because I'm not a big Kojima fan. I almost came when that happened. <laughs> 
I'm not even joking. That's sort of, oh, you're playing a video game crap is Kojima's bread and butter. And I thought they did. It was it was great. That was great. Yeah, that's a Kojima ass thing. And it also always reminds me of. And to this day, I think this is one of the best use cases of a thing like this. That uh, original Arkham Asylum thing where you get hit with scarecrow gas and it makes you think your console is bricking. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When that happened, I was like, oh, God, that's so fucking good. Yeah, like, and like the thing is, Ryan Hurst's uh, voice performance is every bit as booming so and intimidating good. as uh, Christopher Judge as Kratos. Uh, wonderful voice casting to have Ryan Hurst um, do Thor. And Ryan Hurst has been in a number of things, probably most notably Sons of Anarchy. He was uh, on Remember the Titans. He was on uh, that was that Tom Hanks film uh, that was out in the mid two thousand. Forrest Gump. No. Mid two thousands. Forrest Gump again. <laughs> Forrest Gump harder. Forrest Gump me, Daddy. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's like Forrest it Gump like, a third time. It's like Lady Lady something. Big. Shut the fuck up. You're not Lady. Oh, oh no no no! I remember. It, it's the one where you played the volleyball. Top Gun. He, he voiced the volleyball, right? Was, was that? <laughs> yes, Castaway. Yeah. <laughs> Lady killers. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your assistance there. We try um, our best. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's phenomenal voice talent there. But what I actually wanted to talk about Richard with this Schiff fight, is Odin also. this is some slight criticism that I've heard about the game, and I wanted to kind of like get your guys' opinion about this. Not saying I agree with it. I was just curious. Um, and a lot of people aren't saying like it's bad. It's just they're just saying like, huh. I was expecting something different is that the game sets up so much in the way that 2018 did like where you have the big beginning fight you had like we talked about the opening screen um like how the game is starting like to build into itself and get into itself sure. is very similar to the way 2018 was and um it, yeah. in, in a lot of ways it feels like for some people like a slight rehashing and well, so some people yes. were uh, like such a put off by that. Though. What's that? It's such a non-complaint though. It's like it's like you're yeah. really fishing for something to be upset about. Well, I, mean, I, I think that's all a lot of other people story-wise. It it feels very predictable. Like oh, all these beats are literally identical to the first one, other than like I was saying, the the changing of the stakes of of having the people you were afraid of. In the entire first game, show up and kind of make their presence known right off the bat. Um, yeah. And I think that's what they were trying to do. I think they were literally trying to hit the identical beats, but with these new characters to show how the stakes have been raised. With, I felt with, like they with did mixed a good job results as far as narratively, meh, whatever. Like it, it's very obvious that they are attempting to do the whole repeat something you've seen again type framework um which okay that's that, that's all right um but, but yeah like it it i'm not sure i'm not sure how how that'll end up feeling in until we kind of see how that threat pays out mm, as as sure. it goes that's fair i felt like before I felt like they did a good job. Like they get they get you in at the very beginning. You're being chased by Freya, 
or uh that, that's the one part that I think I think I think that was more of a framing device thing. Like, oh, you've you've fucked off back to your home. You've set up these wards that are supposed that to keep everybody you've just out. You've been dealing with this for a while. Yeah, yeah, like it feels more like a framing device than anything else, but also I don't know. I'm I'm not a big fan of that actual dog sled intro Man. fight with Freya nonsense I, compared to the intro of the first game, which is much more. We have to set up everything, not just the story so far. It's a bit type more of subdued, thing. yeah. Yeah, it well, is. Like you're you're I, getting this. I, I'm in mourning sort of feeling that just it's just better. It's just I think it works better to set up the story. Um, I I on really a narrative like the, level. I like I like that sequence a lot. I mean, I think it does a really good job of saying like, okay, it has been three years. Like, what has Freya been doing this whole time? Uh, oh, okay, she's not trying just to kill like, you every time you show right. Your face. And I think I think it does a good job of like saying like, hey, remember what happened this game? It's still happening, and we're gonna build upon it. I thought it did a good job of that. Um, I thought I really liked that that um that wolf sled chase sequence. Uh, which we joked around about in the intro, which led to um, Rich and me, Josh, I don't know about you, uh, record time crying in a video game, because fuck, was that that sequence um, hard. Just immediate, immediate gut punch. Yeah, dude, like, oh, fuck, that was brutal. I, was it? You'd never yeah. met this character before, and literally ten seconds later they die. Shut up! Oh, this is, this is... So hard for me to live through. Oh, if it was a human, I wouldn't care. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. literally, they lit moments before that, they give you a connection to two other dogs, and they're like, oh, no, 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 we've got we've to introduce the one who's immediately going to die. Yeah, that's why it makes it sad. He's fucking well, whining. knowing He's... that dog is Fenrir, there's obvious payoff coming with that. Yes, right. there, there the... is. I, I, and on I get... top of that, he's like, Josh, he's looking up. He's looking up at Atreus's that's, eyes. That's what dogs crying do. They're shorter than people. Not wanting to die. They look he's up. To, that's their whole thing. He's trying to eat the food. He's trying to eat the food to appease Atreus. Be like, look, I love you, Atreus. Don't be sad. I'll eat the food. How could you not? You monster. How could you not feel the emotion in that? You monster frisbee. Uh-huh. Dude, yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, fuck. I felt the tears coming. I was like, why is this happening? 1 a.m. as I'm sitting here crying alone. Dude, Mm -hmm. yeah. Dude, it got me. (sighs) Yeah. It makes me sad just thinking about it. Not ten seconds earlier, a woman's trying to kill you for killing her son. But it's it's, it's it's the dog. But he was a jerk. He fucking sucked. (laughs) Yeah. She did suck. But that dog. Fenrir didn't deserve to die. I think, I don't know how much of, like, uh, you know, dialogue around this stuff you guys have seen yet too much, but I really like the advancement of Kratos and Atreus' relationships, especially just the kind of their banter as they're going through it and watching Kratos, I guess, become a little bit better at being a parent. Yeah. Uh, like, nothing will beat a, a good 2022 moment for me of watching Kratos, the ghost of Sparta, scold his son about swearing. <laughs> um... <laughs> but also yes. in like the most Kratos way possible. And there's a whole exchange they have in the minds in need of Valir at one point where I like where Atreus is basically going off about how like, Oh, you don't, 
you keep like talking about my plan like it isn't gonna work and you said we could go do you want me to lead or not and kratos has like the most dad response ever but i was like yeah put your foot down kratos where he, he's basically like look i'm gonna say what i'm gonna say you don't have to agree with me but you can't talk to me like that mm, yeah yeah th there are a lot of really good kratos moments in here one of the things that i really like about their evolved relationship is so much of the first game is Kratos imparting, keeping him at an arm's length. Well, not not only that, but imparting a lot of what he has learned through the years into Atreus to prevent him from becoming what he became, and also to try and help Atreus lead a better life. And one of the things, like it's such a minor thing, because really it's all about mechanics and making the game easy enough for everybody to play. But when you're trying to solve little environmental puzzles in the game if you take long enough atreus is and this is a little bit similar he to does the first it too game. fast what I, I it's actually something i don't like he does it well too well, fast. well yeah before we get to like the actual mechanics of it um what i do love is like there are so many times where atreus is like hey uh couldn't you shoot that thing up there and it's kind it's kind of funny because it's like the the uh the uh for lack of a better term, the Padawan has become the Jedi at that point. Um, and Atreus is helping his father. Yeah. And it like they're getting closer to being on equal footing, um, so to speak. And it's really cool to see that because that adds more to the dynamic of that father-son relationship because there comes a point in time where every parent, um, their child, in a lot of ways... I'm supersede not supersedes yeah. them but like becomes more knowledgeable than them they, yeah, they're yeah, more yeah. current than them and so like their their child is teaching them how to do things their t t child is teaching them how to use a smartphone or how to do those things and so when you see kratos and atreus have that kind of a re relationship it's beautiful yeah like like shay is saying it narratively it needs to be there but but so it's not a big pain in the ass the way it like Frankly, that was one of the things Uncharted Dames did that was insufferable, is have someone three seconds after you walk into an area say, oh, I think it needs to be done this way. Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, about I would just want frequency down. Because like, for me, it's like, I get having the hints and I don't think it's a useless thing. I just like, if I'm taking 15 minutes, sure, let Atreus like, fire yeah. in with something. Yeah, for but, sure. Like, I don't need him to open his mouth the minute we walk into the room and be like, hey, couldn't you knock that down yep. with your axe? Like, shut up, boy. We just yeah. walked in the room. I, you know, I felt that way, too. Like, narratively, I really like it in terms of um, mechanically speaking. Yes, it does happen way too quickly. Um, I do like, though, that sometimes, like, it seems like they're both trying to figure it out and they're talking it through yeah. as well. Because, like, I don't know if you came across that one enemy that every time you try to attack it, it automatically yeah, buries yeah. into the ground. And so, like, they're trying to figure it out. And then that they was, work that it was out. That was like, a regular enemy in the first one, but in this one, they're kind of like little, like almost like treasure goblin type things. Yes. yes. Um, a treasure goblin. Um, where it's just it's like a puzzle. Where where do I get to that I can kill this thing from? And I, I yeah, yeah, I think that was a really cool story beat when you find the first one and mm -hmm. you've you know can't kill it at first because it's too fast but then somehow it turns into you teaching atreus 
mm. a lesson which or, or or not teaching him a lesson like it's a lesson you've already taught him and you're just kind of like verifying it like okay how how would we how would you deal with this enemy since you've seen how fast it is um, right I, yeah which I the was lesson stuff has taken a, a good turn i think and we kind of alluded to that I, i'm interested to see how that goes as like the story progresses because mm. um i think we're kind of upping that ante with the fear of kratos being like what if he is like me like particularly that whole that that like joke about you know him scolding him for swearing basically comes down to kratos actually making a very good kratos point because i believe it's mimir who says something about his language and Kratos being like, the word isn't important. What's important is you lost control. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I like, and that seems to be a recurring theme early on, um, which I'm sure will be explored more. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. I will, I will say, like, this is one of the last things I want to talk about, because obviously we've all only played the first six hours of the game. And I'm obviously sure we by all... next week we'll have a lot more to share. Yeah, yeah, and it's clear that we all really like this game. We all love yes, 2018 yes. to varying degrees, and uh, we're all very much looking forward to this, so I'm excited it's finally out and we can talk about it, and I'm glad we have a lot to say. One of the last things I want to talk about is the level design so far. I've, like, it's very similar to 2018, but I still, like, I forgot how much I love the level design in this, where um, it doesn't feel like I'm ever spending too much time in one area or one area is too obviously trying to be obstinately difficult just to pack in time for the player like the level design is yeah. well done well enough to where it's intuitive it's a little bit frustrating um not frustrating it's a little bit difficult to figure out some of what you're supposed to do but it, the the areas are never like massive to where you're like, fuck, I got to do this. And it this, isn't overwhelming, this. even when you hit like an open area like that. Yeah. Make in need of a layer. Well, I think that's actually a change from this one and, and the first um, is the first game you hit that open area right off the bat. There's a million things to look at and you just don't have the tools to get to most of them. It feels very much like like a Metroidvania type of a. Well, I just, I that element I don't have here. the keys for that. No, no, no that, that's still here, but it's it's on a massive scale in the first one where you hit the open you, world you, section. Because you hit that hub, you're always going to be coming back to where that yes. doesn't seem to be the case here. Yeah, they have smaller level based. Okay, you're going to go explore the different realms. I'm going to yeah, one. and you'll come back to and this you'll realm have later with a an yeah. open section of each of those levels. Maybe not each of them, but at least from what I've seen so far of the first one, you get to the open section of that level. Yeah, it's much more contained. There's stuff Which to do, the but it's not itself. Yes, exactly. There, in the first one, you hit that open section, and depending on your, you know, take on it, you could be there forever before you do the next story mission. Oh. Uh... We didn't touch on this somehow. I just wanted to bring it up really quickly while we're finishing this up. Uh, new combat mechanic I love, frosting up your axe. Yep. That's all right. It feels good. It feels good. It I think does. it does as well. That was kind of a thing in the first one, but not... They had charge attacks that you could throw before that are still yeah. here, but they had an additional option in this one where instead of charging that attack, you can just frost up your axe which is a different button that you then charge but that stays charged until you until you use it until you attack yeah yeah which is kind of a neat 
it's an it's an additional tool that doesn't add a ton of complexity, but that is but it's it a feels welcome good. addition. Um, because it yeah exactly it allows you to kind of store up a bigger hit. Um, however, I I don't think it plays particularly well with the parry mechanic because you'll oh, be charging parry. something and some you know someone will attack you. I I parry almost everything because parry I'm is using, still way too strong. I'm um, using the non-parry shield. Ah yeah. Anyway, the 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 parry shield. Is extremely strong, just like before. Pairing is overtuned, and that kind of you you parry and then counterattack because that's extremely strong. But then it feels like you're wasting that charged attack that you did because as soon as you counterattack, it just uses that on your first parry. Which yeah, see, I am using yeah. the other shield option, which is the shield that absorbs a damage and then lets you at your own will sort of unleash it by t- double tapping L one. Yeah. Um, which is an interesting change to combat. I also wanted to say for both of your sakes, because you should see this if you haven't, and I know you're both in need of a layer, the wretches, those little lizard enemies. Yeah. Mm. Best animation in the game if you pull Use them to you with the blades of chaos. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Kratos just grabs them and their head explodes. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> which is great, but also it's the best way to kill them, which means they show up in like a group of 20 and you spend the next half a minute just popping them one after another just grabbing them over don't even and over care again. i love it yeah it, it which is i think it's it's great the first time you see one but also i feel like they should have one or two of them show up in a fight instead of just a pack of a million of them by themselves because mm. yeah i mean whatever whatever i just i feel like it that enemy type makes makes it makes way more sense to just to show up as part of another encounter instead of just by itself and and they mm. keep throwing me just waves of nothing but those, which is yeah, eh, eh, not the best choice, I think. Yeah, I mean that that was kind of one of the complaints about 2018 as well as like they would have waves of the same enemy, so it might differentiate later on down the road. But um, it's early in the game. Yeah, they've they've done a good job of rolling out the variants of the same enemies, but yes, there is mm-hmm. a lot of the same enemies so far. Yeah, still I, feels like more variety than the first game had in a lot of respects, but I yes. will agree with that. Yeah, I've seen I, more unique enemies in this one as compared to in the first game. <laughs> I'm, I'm also playing on the hardest difficulty, which is mostly great. In the first one, the way that difficulty was tuned was just, oh, we're just going to have enemies that are way higher level than you show up, which it seems like they're still doing a similar thing here, but so far I've not seen enemies that are... 10 levels higher than you just show up that you can't block anything. Literally everything is, is a red attack that will just blow right through your blocks, right through your parries. I think that's a better way of doing that. I, sure. Yeah, I've, I've had, oh yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I, it works better in this one because it seems like instead of doing that, they just have more enemies that are a couple levels higher than you. Mm. Uh, so like you'll like see way more yellow attacks where you can't block them, but you can parry them. Um, or or vice versa. That that and also there's a a mechanic in this one where enemies. This feels very very similar to uh, Sifu earlier in the year, where some enemies will like halfway through fighting them, bulk up and be a higher level enemy. Like oh shit, everything's getting real. I'm gonna all of a sudden be two levels higher than I was just a second ago. So you can either kill them before they have a chance to, you know, go into a battle I like rage. Super Saiyan. Yeah, like you've got an option to kill them before it happens, or if, if you don't, 
congratulations, you have a much stronger enemy to deal with now. Um, which I think feels great. Um, yeah. I mean, like, you even run into that in normal mode. There's a part uh, early in the game where yeah, you, know, the, you, can, the you can go is... down this area, and yep. there's, uh, there's one of those, like, equivalent of a White Walker sitting there kind of guarding a treasure, and it's, like, two yep. levels higher than you. And the first time I went down there, it fucked my shit up. I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, yeah that's well, that sort of thing happened just kind of before. Like, you'll just find a much stronger enemy, but the thing I'm specifically yeah. talking about is if you damage an enemy to, like, half health-ish, They've got mm. a chance to then, kind of like I was saying, and Sifu, Sifu does this a lot, where uh, as you fight an enemy, um, you'll go to get like a killing blow on them, but instead mm. of actually killing them, they'll do like a block animation, then back up and be a higher level enemy. Um, th there's a similar thing in this God of War that I don't think was in 2018, unless I'm just completely forgetting it, where you just you damage an enemy to half. And they'll kind of go and back up and go into this animation where they're like flexing or whatever else. And then they'll have glowing eyes and they'll be a couple levels higher. Um, which, yeah, I neat. don't remember that from the first one. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that was in the first one. And I, I, I do, I think they got that from Sifu earlier in the year. I might guess is that was added in much more recently, but that's a really cool mechanic in order to make sure that you're finishing enemies off uh, and not letting them sure. kind of back up and reassess the situation and give you much much more trouble uh which i think is really cool mm. that is pretty cool like i i decided to do just normal uh because i have a few other games i want to get to before game of the year stuff but yeah part of me wishes i went would have went to the hard mode like it, it, it's a game that hasn't felt particularly hard yet but it might get harder the further in i get yeah, it's it's kind of gotten harder as new enemies showed up, because I, I think one thing that they did pretty well was before that Thor fight, you saw a bunch of enemies, but they were all enemies from the first game, so if you've played it before, you you, you know all the timings. You you know exactly how to parry all the attacks. Feels you, familiar, You kind of yeah. destroy them, um, and it's it's not just a matter of you being overtuned, mm. as much as it is, well, you know how to fight these enemies. Um, and then ever since then, I've been fighting almost exclusively new enemies. And and it seems like the jumping between realm stuff yeah. is going to keep you on your toes with that stuff. Yep. With the exception of probably, and it almost seems more than likely that we will go back to places from the first game, like Alfheim, and sort of be familiar with those yep. fairy enemies yep. and stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But, but at least the first area you go to after that introductory is a realm area. you have not been to in the first game. Yes, and you get a lot of new enemies, and that, that was pretty tough, just learning new timings, learning new strategies, because this is something they kind of did the first one where each enemy will have a way to deal with them that's significantly easier than just fighting them normally, which I think is a plus and a negative. I think they took it a little too hard in the first one where there's just these enemies can only be damaged by the axe. These enemies can only be damaged by the glaives. Um, I mean, that's, still that's still ish here, but it doesn't seem to be just. I think it's a full enemy more... type. It's just like, oh, one enemy will show up and they've got frost armor or they've got fire armor, and Which, you've got yeah, and it's not so it. much only the axe. It's not like, oh, oh, this person has frost armor, so only the blades of chaos will stop them it's you need to use the blade of chaos to take down the frost armor and then you can finish them off with that either. with whatever you want yes and yeah. i think that feels better okay 
cool. Yeah, I, I'm excited to get more into this game. Obviously, we're going to have a lot more to talk about as we're just... Oh, no, I'll never talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, we're fucking done. We're just getting into the cusp of the story, but... Um, yeah, cusp of yeah. his dick. I'm excited to get much further into the game. The cusp so. is the most sensitive part. We'll leave it there, and we will go to the next bit of, uh, <laughs> of games that we are going to talk about. Uh, Rich, you played this way, Madness Lies. Yes, uh, this is, it's out today as of this recording, actually. Um, this is the new joint from Z-Boyd Games. Uh, they hit me up with a code for earlier in the week. Um, this is the Shakespeare meets Magical Girls RPG. And boy, is it neat. I, I think I need this in my life. It's, you do need it in your life. It's very good. Um, this is another one, it, uh, for anyone unfamiliar with Z-Boyd's work, they did uh, Cosmic Star Heroine, they did the Cthulhu games. This sort of falls on closer to the end of the like Cthulhu Saves the World series, where it's kind of a shorter, tighter, like seven-hour experience. Okay. Um, but basically, it follows a group of girls in a high school drama club who are met. They, they do the Sailor Moon thing, complete with magical girl transformation. Okay. Um, and they're going into the literary worlds of Shakespeare to fight some fucking uh, Lovecraftian-ass monsters that are fucking shit up, and the combat is very inspired by things like Golden Sun. Um, okay. It's $10. It's on Steam. It kicks ass. That sound. Everything about this sounds perfect. And also, here's a really great touch that I like, because they didn't have to do this, but I appreciate that they did. The Shakespearean characters are always talking in Old English, but if you can't make sense of it, you can hold enter and it'll translate it into modern English for you. Oh, I like that. That's that's pretty great. I like that. Um, yeah, uh, they actually recently patched it and Robert Boyd, one of the creators, was against this, but he said the people wanted it. I agree with him. He should have stuck to his guns. You can now skip the magical girl transformation if you want. I think if you do that, you're a monster and you shouldn't be allowed to play this game. Come on. <laughs> like, um, Animation yeah, is expensive. You've got you to gotta make the most out of that this is we need more and and the team at z-boyd is like the king of this and we need more of it i think of these like super tight like jrpgs that are like seven to eight hours like this is a not a big ask but the writing is really consistently good across the board the combat feels great and it to me most feels inspired by golden sun and like slotting in these different abilities you're unlocking as the characters level up and the four of them all work really synergistically well together looks great it plays great it's only 10 bucks it's it's just delightful to play i'd, I'd recommend it to both of you guys okay i like you have to remind or i'll have to look, remember to look this episode back up so i can try and remember this game and play it again at some point in the future i was looking at some screenshots of it um it isn't a game i would normally like look to to play but if you're if you're recommending it i will definitely check it out I trust I, your judgment. Especially knowing like your kind of penchant for older RPGs as well, I think you'll appreciate uh, that sort of stuff. And like I said, it's nice to have a very old feeling RPG that's not a huge investment at about a seven hour uh, run through. Yeah, that's not bad at all. That's bite size. And that's like I said, nine ninety nine. That's a good price. Nine ninety nine. Uh, well, I'm gonna talk about Bug Snacks. Uh briefly i don't know how briefly i'm going to talk about this game because as of recording last week i was about a third of the way through the game and i've since finished it i wanted to finish it before i started 
God of War. I actually would have been much further in God of War, but I wanted to finish this game up because uh, I was on the cusp of finishing it. I loved this game way more than I thought I would. Um, <clears throat> it's a great game. It was not what I was expecting when uh, you guys talked about it back in 2020 and I saw screenshots of it. I really enjoyed my time with that game. I um, I love the mystery around solving or trying to solve that mystery surrounding the island that you go to. Um, if you haven't played this game yet, you haven't heard us talk about it. Um, basically, you are a character called a grump or a grumpus that it goes to this island. You're tasked with finding um, a group of people who suddenly and mysteriously disappeared and you, you get to the island and um, you're greeted by the mayor of this, this colony of people who migrated there and everybody who is a part of this town has kind of gone their own way on the island and he wants you to bring them all back together. So that's the first part of the mission and a, a first part of the game and as you're doing that, you've learned that the, uh, the intrepid explorer who brought all these people to this island has disappeared and you, you don't know what's happened to her. So the, you're tasked with finding where she is and what happened to her. And the interesting wrinkle to this is this island is filled with these things called bug snacks, which are um, these uh, creatures that basically look like snack food that are also quote unquote animals in this world or in this, on this island. Yeah. And it's fucking adorable. First and foremost, um, absolutely adorable. The I was expecting like a more like indie look. It looks really good for it being an indie game. I was surprised at how good this game looks. Uh, the level yeah. of detail, like so on some of those grump, those grumps, the, yeah, like it their commits hair. to an it, it commits to an art style that I think it pulls off really well. Yeah, and it's, it's got a helps it. Yes, like it's it's got a pretty solid like Muppet like vibe to a lot of characters i i think yeah that's the thing i like was drawn to by it immediately yeah and also there's this like super fun detail that we definitely talked about at the time and i'm sure you appreciate as well shay is watching the grumps features changed based off what bug snacks they're eating yeah 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 absolutely love that because like you're trying to mix and match like make them look as absurd as possible yeah i always love changing their teeth i, I love that's, that that's yeah the favorite. teeth are pretty incredibly great. disturbing i love it too yes uh, yes. Yeah, that I'm pretty sure we talked about it at the time, but there's there's one of those transformations that was the most horrific thing to ever happen that year. Um in in gaming. I'm pretty sure we talked about that at the time with uh oh shoot, what's his name? The the guy who has the, the Bug Snacks ranch. Oh, uh um, how did I forget his name? Anyway. Oh yes, the the farmer whose name I can't remember. No, 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 no that's not, not the farmer. Not, not the farmer. That's, the farmer's like one of the more first like guys the rancher. Made. Yeah, the rancher who who has the. Oh yes, yeah, yes, yes. Who you, I for, yeah, the one you actually bringing live. The the one who's against eating the bug. Who's snacks. against eating bug snacks? Yes, him. Uh, and uh, my, my he's a, he is a great character. I actually yeah. feel really stupid that I forgot his name because he's a standout. Yeah, Especially because when that twist comes, it's yeah, like, oh, I fucking told horrific. you so. Horrific. Absolutely horrific. <laughs> when it turns into a horror game. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I don't, like, I wasn't a big fan, like, because I read Gramble, by the way. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Gramble. I don't like that they penned it as a horror game, because nothing ever really felt horror about it. Um, I think they really did, but... 
that there are there are places online that were calling it a horror game, and I was like, I okay. don't really. It's but, it's uh, fun to talk about it like that. It, like I know I don't really consider it a horror game, but I just love like oh you know the part when it turns into a fucking horror game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like more yeah, tongue comi- comically, yes, it it, it kind of hits yes. that. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the main story and the uh, character development and stuff, I thought it was pretty solid. Uh, there, there's nothing like super deep happening here, and the, games don't always need to go that route of being super deep I, I don't think that was ever the intention of this game um but there is great character development nonetheless i like how um you're going to each one of these areas on the island to try and re-recruit these characters back to the town and they have their own idiosyncrasies and they have their own reasons why they've left and the they have these relationships that they formed with the, certain characters that they like certain characters that they don't like and um yeah it's pretty amusing to say say the least i like to see certain characters arguing with each other uh certain characters who take a liking to you like befica i loved yeah. befica i didn't expect to like her because she's like yeah she kind of sucks in the beginning is but fucking she is written so well as like a so satire well. of that type of person though yeah, yeah. she she really is great by the end i i, I love befica that was yeah, yeah. befica was a f- fantastic character reading one, befica's one diary yeah <laughs> i di- i didn't actually ever I, I got it but i never ended up sitting down to read it hmm. but you i will go back it, to, you should give it a twirl <laughs> i i'll go back to that game and eventually yeah. complete all the achievements because that's there's, something i did want to do so the good. structure of that game there's something like really charming about those like check-in points of like the t- the town fire pit meetings yeah, the fireside yeah. meetings exactly yeah it's really great yeah i really like those um, I like I liked a lot of the characters in that game, I, and basically how they have they have these stereotypes, and then they really, really play with a lot of those stereotypes. I forgot to ask you, Shay, because uh, it's important to me to know if you you were a monster like us, because I know both Josh and I platinumed that game. Did you get mm-hmm. the trophy for force feeding uh, Gramble a bug snack in his sleep? No, no, I ha- like that's that's yeah. the thing. It's like I have to I have to do I I want to platinum that game as well. Um, I thought That's about horrific. platinuming it before starting God of War, but I felt like like God of War had come out at this point, and I was like, "Am I gonna really sit here and platinum this game?" While you know what's crazy is, I think I did that work twice technically because I played it the PS5 version when I finally got my PS5, and that's when I platinumed it. But I also owned that game on PC because yeah. during my 12-hour extra life stream that year. I bought it and was playing that. I think that was the last thing I played on that stream. I think we were playing it as the sun came up. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I do. I will go back and platinum that game um, for sure. Because it's I an really- it's an easy one and it's a delight to play and do all that kind of stuff. So I would encourage you to. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, the, it's, it it's just, just like, an excuse to play it more. Exactly. It's it kind yeah. of what. Yeah. It it was just like getting down to the minutia of some of like the more time consuming bits of the game where it's like. This one wants you to feed a grumpus with a frider, uh, one of the burger bug snacks. Oh, you're and... making them like a combo meal. Yeah, 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 a lot of yeah, ones yeah like that. Like, exactly. And it's not a bad thing. It's just it's time consuming, and I was like, <laughs> at this point, I need to. It's more stop tedious it. than anything, but it is. But like, it, and I don't mind. I really like the game. I like catching a lot of the bug snacks, but also I was like, I got to put it away because I... I do want to play God of War. 
really hope we get a bug snack sequel at some point. Me too, especially considering we were talking about how lighthearted it is other than some of the you know, the the moments become serious. Like I love that at the end of the game they have a MGS type bullshit phone call with Mr. Yeah, President. I I actually to, like set up the end and I'm Mr. like this President. is this is perfect. Like, I actually everything's love going it. as planned, Mr. President. President. I, <laughs> yes. I, I actually love the... I was reading on a, a Reddit post somebody's pitch for what a Bugsnack sequel would be, yeah. and I actually find it hilarious where they're like, it's set years later, and it's like a, a Jurassic Park The Lost World setup, oh. where like, you hired on an expedition to go to the abandoned settlement on Bugsnack's... On yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that would be pretty dope. Yeah. That... The one sm small thing that I didn't always enjoy about the game is there are certain bug snacks that are a fucking pain in the ass to capture. There were a certain select few, like... But they capture your heart just the same. I don't know why you did a jerk-off motion as you said that. Oh, there's a dick over that, That's, <laughs> no, that's your heart. Your heart. That he's stroking. Yes. But Look, no, like... Uh, am like I the skiing or am I <laughs> in a gay porn? <laughs> the scorpion variants were a pain in the ass to capture. Um, yeah. You, I mean, I guess it if bothered you're bad me a at video games. Bit. Yeah, I mean, it bothered me. Okay, I don't even remember. It's been, dude, that, it, that it game came out eight while, years ago. Yeah, most none of them are actually that hard. It's just a lot of them are. I'm that hard. Very specific. Like you've get, you've got to kind their of go behavior to yeah, learn very... their behavior before that, you can yeah. figure it out. And then once you've got it figured out, it's none of them are that hard to capture a second time. Like if you need it. Once you figured it out, yeah. you figured it out. Yeah, exactly. That is That's... true. That that I will give you credit for. It's like the initial process of figuring solving out that how puzzle to... could be really rough on some of them. Some of them are yes. more complicated, but once you've got it, you've got it. Exactly. Yes. Yes. That's that's what I was gonna say. Yes. Um, yeah. But Barbecue other than bunger. that, but other than that, thank you, bunger. Other bunger, than that, bunger. <laughs> I do love how the fucking is so great. Snacks that, say that their Pokemon own fucking... saying their name thing. Yeah. Picante, 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 Picante. Having that happen like in real time as you just wander around the world is perfect. And the fact that Pokemon hasn't had the balls to do that yet is just it's just a disappointment. It is. It's you know, it is expensive, but every day I think about buying the Bunger plush from Fangamer. I've got that. I got I got both the Fangamer plushes because they're perfect. Perfect. You know there's you can you know there's four of them now, right? Yeah, they just released two more. I, so I've I've got the first two, but I've not, I've not gotten the. I'm not sure if those have shipped yet. The second two, because they you just can order the them now. So yeah, yeah, you can order them, but I don't. Strabby, Bunger, Queeble, and Cinnasnail are all available yeah. on Fan Gamer. Yep, yep. I've got the first two. I'm not sure if those second two have shipped yet or not, but yeah. Mm. You can, you can buy them on a bundle, and you save a total of twenty dollars. Cinnasnail. I really like some of those bosses too because they were they were like the right level of challenging to figure yep. them out, and there's no like there are no real stakes to them, um, yeah. per se. Yeah, there is no die. steak themes bug snack. I checked some steak ums, but not 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 steaks. Yeah, but no steaks. Mm -hmm. Right. There you are like no real. <laughs> there are no real steaks, but. Uh, the boss Sorry. the boss challenges are a lot of fun and they require more thinking, more puzzling. Yeah. I thought those were uh great additions to the game overall. So it was a really fun game. I'm really glad I sat down and played it. It was longer than I was expecting it to. 
I'm glad it was because I had a ton of fun with it. Yeah. So, and I'll leave it at that. So, Bug Snacks, I finally got caught up to one of those games I've been wanting to play for a few years now. I'm glad mm-hmm. I did. Um, on the back end, Josh, you wanted to talk about Haiku the Robot. Yes, this is one that I've been wanting to play since this summer. It is a um, sort of a Game Boy Advance-esque, like, uh, as far as the art style. Oh, somewhere between Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance. It's got a similar thing to Dome Keeper that I talked about before as far as that, like, um, lower number of colors type mm. look to it, but obviously much higher pixel count than those games ever had. But oh, for sure. P- pixel yeah. art type um, uh, Metroidvania, where you are playing as a robot, uh, kind of exploring what seems to be the ruin of some old human civilization. Um, and it's it's pretty great so far. Um, You're pretty great so far. Um, yeah, yeah, like it it is it is got him. It's it's hard to really say anything that it's doing unique. It's got a bunch of things from different metroidvanias from like different, you know, some souls like inspiration because of course you've got to have that now because Hollow Knight proved that that should be in metroidvanias. Um type it's definitely type stuff. standard. Um, it definitely looks like it has some Shovel Knight and Hollow Knight inspiration. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it two of my favorite knights. Exactly. Like games. it very much feels like it's inspired by a million different things, but it's it still kind of it stands on its own. Like it it does not feel like it's completely derivative. Like they had their own art style, they had their own world they wanted to make. Doesn't with feel that. completely derivative. And that's well, a back of the well, box quote ex- if I've ever heard exactly, one. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like it seemed like the unique parts of it were were very much the world building type you know the character you're playing as beats um and they're you know fine taking the rest of it from everything else which i mean it's a which, metroidvania hey, that's how like, blizzard that's blizzard's entire business model exactly. like i'm not going to fault an indie developer for doing that exactly and this very much feels like that this feels like an extremely well polished Metroidvania from, you know, an indie developer. That's, that sounds delightful. Yeah. That sounds like I'm probably gonna pick this up. Yeah. I was and, looking at videos of it while he's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Definitely gonna pick it up. Yeah, no, exactly. Like I'd been wanting to play it since it came out just because the art I'm style looks so right striking. I'm looking at Oh yeah, that is a good look. Damn. Yeah. I'm, I'm I've re- I've really been enjoying it. I've um, Is this on Switch? Yes. Yes, yes, it's I'm on get Switch. There, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, on it's Switch, on... Uh, Steam, and it's on Windows, and it's on. Mac. Yeah, I'm looking at it on mm-hmm. Steam. I think I'm gonna pick it up on Switch though. That sounds like a good Switch game. Yeah, yeah, I've been playing it on my Steam Deck, um, which is which just a better kinda, Switch. Exactly, it's kind of just doing the same thing. Um, just a more yeah. powerful. It's just a Switch that you can play the real Witcher Three on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I. I, it's it's hard saying what's unique other than just kind of that robot, you know, Game Boy aesthetic thing. I'm, I like the character design too. It's, yeah. it's striking enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It it is a Metroidvania, which is oh man, they've got a plush. I need I need to find this. I've not seen the plush. It's on, it... in the news on the Steam. They just uh, one month updated and limited time plush. Okay. 
Right, I'll have to, I'll have to go check that. I'm trying to read. Uh, yeah, if you go to their Steam page, you can find the link to buy the plush because it can only be ordered until June 23rd. It says, we'll see. Next June 23rd. That's what I'm hope. I'm verifying that while we're here. I'm hoping this wasn't. Oh like no! It. Ended July 1st, 2022. Ah, okay. You could probably find it on Amazon or eBay or something. Probably for a premium. Yeah. Which I will not pay. Yes. Anyway. Anyway. So far, it's been solid. I've enjoyed the combat. It's got a, um, an interesting thing that I think probably was less a design choice than a memory sort of thing, where, um, sort of like Metroid or Super Metroid before it, you have different zones that you'll go into that they they don't have the like overly long elevators and whatnot, like some of those games, but it's a unique zone ostensibly. Uh, however, they're close enough that you just, you can walk back and forth between them easily enough. Uh, and going between zones resets the enemies. Um, whereas, ah, okay, yeah. whereas until that point, an enemy that you kill stays dead. Um, they, they they all respawn when you go between zones, which I'm, I'm guessing is more of one of those. Something that is there more for a performance or mechanical reason than design choice. Um, however, it feels feels good enough. Um, it works. It works. It kind of stops you from grinding a bunch of enemies without going out of your way to do it, which right. is good, you know. It's not a major limitation. You can still grind if you really want to, but it's, you know, not designed to go, you know, farm a bunch of enemies for no reason. Hmm. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it looks charming as fuck, and I'm probably going to end up picking that up. Looks yeah. great. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it so far. Put, I don't know, four or five hours into it, so. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. And you wanted to briefly mention what you were mentioning before the show. Uh, briefly mention Domekeeper as a last yes. bow and tie to this episode. Yes. I, a game I, he totally hasn't been playing during the show. Absolutely not. I'm, no. I'm professional. I, I, I would not have been playing that, uh, you know, anytime I'm not talking uh, in order to try to get through more, more runs of this game. I um, would never expect you to do something like that. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, I mentioned before how there was one playable character and they had, you know, in, in the, you're starting a run selection screen where you pick your character, your, the, your dome type, your, your power up, um, your, your initial power up. Cause you, you find more stuff through the levels. Um, you started with the engineer, um, and they had announced that you were going to have, Another character type. They they just this week had a patch uh with the new character that you can play as, the artificer. Uh who I, I don't know how they play yet because I've been trying to unlock this character and I haven't found one in a run yet because you you find upgrades in levels, some of them, and then some of the others you just get after you complete a run and as, as like a random oh you can you can now use this now. I haven't gotten the artificer yet, um, but, but they they have a few other changes that have been neat, such as um, beforehand you'd get different 
biomes that were just kind of changing the color palette that I talked about before, about how they're it's a similar sort of very low color count Game Boy color type look to it. Um, mm. they, they have different enemies in this new version. Um, okay. th- they're, they're the same enemies basically where like, oh, you've got, um, you know, standard melee enemy, standard, um, flying ranged enemy. And then like little ones, uh, larger variants type thing. Uh, however, in the different biomes, some of them have slightly tweaked versions of those now that look unique to the biome, uh, such as um, instead of having these like kind of ghostly or, or gas type ranged enemies that will park, fire a couple shots at you, and then turn into gas at what point you can't hit them and move to another area and then start over again. Uh, oh, they're like little stingray, flying stingray looking things that will fire at you and they fire more shots at you. So they're more dangerous, but also while they're moving, they're still a stingray. You can still hit them while they're moving. So it's a slightly different variation when you get this biome on a run. Uh, you know, not a major difference. It's not going to completely change your strategy, but it does Mm. change exactly how each enemy works in minor, minor ways, which kind of, I, I, I like, I like that it's, it's not just exactly the same enemies every single run. Uh, you kind of have to stop and think about, oh, this, these enemies hit a little differently than the just standard enemies I've been fighting Mm -hmm. this whole time. Uh, which I think is a welcome change, minor change, but it's good. It's good. I, I, I think that works really well. Um, they also minorly rebalanced a few things. Uh, such as you've got like really, really low tier upgrades that let you see what, um, like how far you are until the next wave, like how, how, when, when the next wave will arrive, how much health your dome has, um, what, uh, materials you have available for upgrades. Uh, we'll just put that in the UI. Um, Otherwise, if you gotta, you know, just gotta keep track of it in that upgrade menu, uh, which it's nice, good to have those. But also, if you're trying to optimize everything, well, why, why would I pay for this? Um, sort of a thing. I, I want to optimize this, and then it's just a matter of keeping it in your head. Uh, they changed the price of a couple of those, um, and on a couple of them, just changed it to a different resource type to water which is a more tech resource you mm. you kind of have three resources like a i can't remember what it's called it's either like it looks like gold in most levels but but not in some others i don't know if it's some some sort of carbon some sort of metal i think it's just metal some some sort of resource a yes, mineral you are standard mining. resource i think it's some sort of metal resource unobtainium yeah but anyway you have that you also have Water, which is kind of your tech resource that you use for like shields and special weapons and whatnot. Um, that oh, you got you some hydropowered tech, yeah. Um, anyway, they, cool. they, like moved, they moved some of those early upgrades that usually I'd optimize my way out of having because why would I care? I can, I can kind of keep track of this in my head, and it, it made things more complicated, but 
whatever. Uh, they retuned that to make it, you know, feel like you're not shooting yourself in the foot to get them, and it just kind of makes things feel a little nicer to have to have those upgrades instead of just skipping them and and hoping your your dome health isn't just super low and and you haven't realized it by kind of mentally keeping track of how many hits you've taken. Um, hmm. Stuff like that. Um, little tweaks to this update that are great, and I really am looking forward to getting that new character to see how differently they play. Um, I'm interested to see what you think. I think, uh, based off us talking about this last time and this time, I think I'm probably going to end up picking this game up, but who knows when I will have time to actually sit down and play it. Yeah, it's one of those, um, like I said before, like arcade sort of a I've got a I've got a couple minutes. I'm gonna sit down and play a run. Although these these runs can kind of be half hour ish runs. But if you know you got the time, I yeah. like having something like that in the in the yeah. burner. Exactly, exactly. It's it's a good medium length play session sort of a game. Um, and yeah, it's kind of been filling that role for me for a while now. I've I've, I've really gotten into that um puzzle that it's given me. So cool. Mm. That's dope, yeah. A couple of indie games that I want to check out now that you're mentioning them. So, for yous out there who's interested, check them out. Mm-hmm. And speaking of checking out, if you enjoyed this episode, head over to SwordChomp.com, where we have access to more podcasts, article sections where we write reviews and the like. We have access to a merchandise store. And last but not least, you can check out our Patreon from there, or you can head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp, where you get access to multiple tiers, and you can support us to keep the lights on here, as all the money we make goes right back into Swordchomp, and we are able to produce more content. So, thank you to all our patrons, by the way. Still love you guys, even though it's not the shout-out time. Love you guys all the same. Thank you, guys. The lights are still flickering, even though it is two weeks after Halloween. Uh, but we still appreciate it. That's pretty spooky, Rich. A little bit. A little bit. And did you guys know, I mean, I know it's November 10th there for you, but it's 11, November 11th here for me. And today is uh, Pocky Day. <laughs> That's, oh, I thought you said hockey, and I was confused. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Pocky. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I'm hearing you now. They don't play it, but they do celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we love hockey. Have you ever played it? No. Are you <laughs> going to? Can... Maybe. We, we pretty, like we the concept of hockey. Uh, we like hockey on paper. <laughs> I like mine on ice. <laughs> it's a fucking dinosaur in here again. Get out of here, Ralphie. I don't think that's his name, but you know what? We'll go with Who it. Who the fuck today. cares? No one's going to check. And. Yeah, we gotta get out of here anyway. I didn't even write it down. Who's keeping track of this shit? I don't know, but we gotta get out of here. We gotta play some God of War. Yeah, I gotta play some God of War instead of going to bed, despite the fact that I have to be up in like six hours. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. I need to see what Kratos and his son are up to. I need to stop Ragnarok. Thank you guys so so much for checking out the show. Thank you to Rich and Josh for being here. We will be back next week with another episode of the Chompcast. And... What's that I hear? And that's what we say. That was a Ralphie again. Ralphie says, eat that.